Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. My name is Emily Schultz and sitting next to me today is my beautiful co-host, <laughs> Davey Blackburn. How, did, how and when did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> what do you this, mean? How did this like get switched around here? <laughs> I don't know. I called you beautiful though. Well, did you, you notice? I did notice it. It made me feel extremely Oh wait, awkward. I forgot an essential part. Davey, how are you doing? Uh, I, I'm doing great. Or should I say, I'm doing great. So good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, we are in the Nuepabos oh, episode. Man. This is the end of 2018 and I we are celebrating... It. I feel like we should have a bunch of poppers and streamers and like pew, pew, fireworks and stuff. No way, Pabos. No way, Pabos. This is awesome. I can't believe we've come to a, another, the end of another year. And I know. what an incredible year it has been. It really has been. Kent and I were actually just talking about this a couple weeks ago about how I think in the trauma after Amanda died, those years, while they felt um, so long. They mm-hmm. also felt so fast, mm-hmm. but I feel like this is the first year that we've walked in a lot of healing. Mm. And so 2018 has been a year that has felt like it's been forever, but for the yeah, good reasons, because good I don't feel like we've rushed through things. Yeah, like yeah. we've been present and we've been healthy and it's just been a really good That's year. So good. That's so good. Yeah. And admit, sometimes I guess it does feel a little bit like you're in the middle of like, a, a, it feels longer. It feels like a more involved process when you are diving into the healing aspects of things, but you walk through that in a much healthier way, which is really cool. And we've had an incredible lineup of guests on the 2018 lineup of Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I mean, it's it's just been awesome and um, super excited about stepping into 2019, excited about changes Mm -hmm. that are that are happening. I mean, as much as we resist change, uh, I think it's ironic that you pulled an old switcheroo on me there at the beginning of this because you've got (laughs) you've got some switching up that's happening in your life, some changes that are taking place that are really big over the past couple months. Really big, big things that have happened, and I would love for our listeners to hear about that. Yeah, man, I honestly would say our life has been transitioning probably since July. Mm. So uh, long story short, Kent and I are, we're essentially fostering right mm-hmm. now. We're foster parents, but we're not licensed foster parents. So I'll backtrack a little bit and tell you about what that looks like. But um, we have a 16-year-old son wow. in our home, um, and his name's Cordell, and he is just so sweet. Um, but we met him through uh, a friend who goes to our church, um, he was his therapist yeah. and had brought Cordell to student section a few times and which is our, our Wednesday night youth group and um, had brought him to church. And there was just something in our interactions with Cordell that was different mm. um, for a kid who legitimately has so much uh, pain in his story, he is probably one of the most joyful people that I have ever met. And so in just those original conversations that Kent and I were having with him as we were getting to know him at our youth group, Kent and I just kept leaving and being like, man, this kid is this kid is resilient. I don't understand why he's still so happy. At the time, he's living in a group home um, and he'd been there for a year. 
And so we started to ask questions of our friend Travis, who was his mm-hmm. therapist, just saying, okay, like, what does a kid like Cordell need to change his situation um, for him to, like, get on top of this, for him to continue to take strides toward health and success? And Travis just kept saying over and over and over, he needs a family. Like, wow. that's all he needs is a family. And so Kent and I, I think we're, we're moved by that, but it, it wasn't like, oh, we are... We're that family, you yeah, know. At that yeah. point, we hadn't really. You're like, man, put I, those so, I sure hope together. somebody steps up to yeah. become a family. Yeah, and I think it was him. maybe yeah. even a, like, could we do this? But right. there wasn't like this deep conviction in our heart that was like, this is us. This is what we need to do. Right. And I distinctly remember. So we went to wave camp this summer with our students. I had gotten to know Cordell a lot better than he like <laughs> hurt his knee, and so I remember there were so many interactions that I had with him at wave about like, okay, I gave you a bag of ice. Like, are you gonna <laughs> put that on your knee? Or are you just gonna carry it? around. Um, and so we hung out a lot because he was sidelined for some of our activities. That's funny. That's why he was just carrying a bag of ice around. Yes. I would like notice it. And I'm like, pictures, he legitimately hmm, is just carrying around a bag of ice. So that's why he hurt his knee. Um, but I remember coming back from wave probably early August, we were at a staff meeting and we were all talking about like logistical things like, um, hey, this is what's going on in my team. And I just felt so distracted. My heart was heavy. Mm. I felt like Jesus was like, putting it on Kent and I's heart that like, you need to pray about this. You need to take this seriously. Cordell needs a home. You have a home. You have a heart to be parents. There's been barriers for that to happen for us um, Mm. in some unique ways that maybe some way down the road we'll share. But um, anyway... uh, so I remember talking at the staff meeting about like, hey guys, I'm this is weird, but I feel so distracted. Like, can I just ask for a prayer? And so I was talking about the situation with Cordell, that he needs a family. And I'd asked that um, our team would pray that Jesus would just slam doors shut that mm-hmm. needed to be shut um, if we weren't supposed to be that family for him and that he would just swing doors wide open. And John Barry, <laughs> our <laughs> executive pastor, looked right at me and he said, Emily, I'm not gonna pray any of those things. And my heart was like, what? Like, what? I'm literally <laughs> sobbing at this table. Like, how are you not going to pray for any of these things? And he said, you already know exactly what you need to do. Like wow. your emotion shows it. And so literally that day I went home to Kent and I said, babe, like we're doing this. So there was a couple months wow. that we were just kind of figuring out like, how does this work? But um, we went to like a wraparound meeting with Cordell and his caseworker and all these things. And um, we ended up getting kinship care, which is an insane, okay. like it yep. literally doesn't make sense that we were granted kinship care, which means Cordell can live with us before we're licensed foster parents because we're seen as like his close family or friends. Huh. But this time we've known him for like three or four months. Like a hat, like we are not kin, right? Wow. Um, but he was able to move in with us pretty quickly. And um, we've taken our first couple foster care licensing classes. Um, but what we've communicated to him is that we're his forever family if wow. he wants us to be. And we definitely consider him um, our son. And it's just kind of crazy being 26 and 27 <laughs> and having uh, a 16-year-old, almost 17 in our home. But wow. um, we love it. And it's been a growing season. I feel like um, for a long time, I've dreamt about what our family would look like. Wow. Um, but it's so crazy to think that all along, like God had this plan um, that Cordell would would be the one to make us parents, wow. you know? So it's been cool. There's Damn. so many transitions and so many things I'm learning, but um, it's probably been one of the most exciting seasons of my life. Wow. It's cool how God like puts a desire in your heart. He puts a, some could say even a promise in your heart. Yeah. Like you feel deeply like, oh, we're supposed to be a family. We're supposed to, I'm supposed to be a mom. Right. But so often that promise doesn't pan out the way that you think it's going to pan out. Right. 
and it pans out in a way that is actually um, a way that's going to grow you into becoming more like Jesus mm-hmm. better than what your plan was for it. Yeah. And, or, and maybe even prepare you for what your plan was for you. You mm-hmm. never know, but like just a very cool thing. And like, I'm majorly proud of you guys for stepping mm-hmm. into that and just saying, Hey, there, some people will just sit by the sideline and say, Hey, somebody should do something about this. And you guys said, why not us? Yeah. Like, why not us? We may not be, feel totally equipped for this, but God will equip us. Right. Like he will give us the the tools. I was, um, I was flipping through Instagram. No, 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 no. I take that back. This wasn't on Instagram. I have a friend who texts me every single day, has ever since Amanda passed away, a scripture verse, and then like a quote, like a motivational quote, every morning without fail. He Hmm. And the one week that he stopped texting me was he forewarned me. He's like, hey, I'm out of the country, so you will not receive my morning text. As soon as he got back in the country, he was faithful every single day. That's incredible. It's amazing, but he... Um, today actually sent me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness, Second Corinthians 12, 9. But then he sent me this quote, do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks mm. by Philip Brooks. Do not pray for tasks equal to your powers. Pray for powers equal to your tasks. And wow. had you guys just kind of lived life accepting tasks that were equal to what you thought you could yeah. do. Right. You know, no way did you think you could start parenting a 16-year-old, but you, instead you're praying, God, okay, we're just going to step into obedience and we know that you're going to equip us with the strength, the power, the ability to do this. And in our weakness, you're going to be made strong. And it's just such a cool thing to watch you guys do that and watch you guys become parents. And what I think is great, we have a question that we'll address later on in this episode that someone asked, how do you help an extremely defiant 16-year-old who wants nothing to do with your rules or your faith? There's literally a question that was that asked. Question, he, I... might have, he might have, but I'm sitting here going, well, I have a four and a five-year-old, so I don't have a whole lot of experience in this. I might flip that question on oh, you man, and we'll yeah. dialogue about that later on. But we have got a great episode um, with all this transition going on into yeah. 2018. And going into 2019, before we step into 2019, we want to celebrate yes. kind of some of the things that we saw happen in 2018. Yeah. Uh, be able to just give you guys some of the clips of some of our favorite favorite parts. If you're just now stepping into listening to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, this is a great one to listen to because mm-hmm. you'll get kind of some highlights from this past year, right. little teasers uh, that will begin your journey as you navigate through all the different interviews that we've had. And um, so let's go ahead and step into the first highlight that we have from our interview with Daniel and Brittany Brooker. A crazy thing about marriage, and all of us get that, is a lot of marriage is being faithful um, in the mundane, you know, because not every day Mm -hmm. are these huge, crazy, God, amazing conversations. And That night was one of those conversations that I went to bed thinking I will never forget talking about eternity with him and marriage. And we were talking about the gift of the gospel and how we don't deserve life, but God has given it to us Mm. freely. And so I went to bed that night and he prayed with me like he always did. And um, the next morning, as you can imagine, we didn't sleep much (laughs) because he had so many babies. And uh, he went (laughs) early. He's like, you know, I'm just going to go early to work since I'm up. So he went to work and I got my three little guys ready to go to Bible study. And when we were at Bible study, uh, the question was asked, why do we study 
Revelation because that's where we were. And I said, you know, to me, I study prophecy because it gives me confidence to trust God no matter what happens in my life. And literally Mm -hmm. seconds later, my phone rang and like any good Bible study girl, I ignored it the first time. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then the second time it rang, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me, Brittany, it's something with Patrick. So I answered it and it was his boss. And he said, hey, has Patrick been sick or anything? He fell, you know, he's on the way to the hospital. We're going to come get you. Um, And I was like, no, he's a perfectly healthy 30-year-old man. I just saw him this morning. And so I... uh, waited in the rain for literally an hour for this, you know, police escort to get me because he was in law enforcement. And um, I just remember, uh, you know, those moments where God is not just whispering something in your heart. He's screaming it in your heart and mind Mm -hmm. where there's nothing else you can think about. And um, I remember just being there in the rain and God saying the peace that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so I got in the the vehicle on the way to the hospital, which was another hour drive. And um, one of the agents looked at me and said, I'm so sorry. We don't know what happened. And I told her, I said, you know, we can trust God no matter what happens. I know that he's in control of this because obviously we weren't. I mean, he's perfectly healthy. I don't know what's going on. And so we got in front of the hospital and I just ran as fast as I could um, into the the room and... um, it wasn't even a room. It was just a hallway full of people with sorrow written all over their faces. And they sat me down and they said, Brittany, we're so sorry, but Patrick died. Um, his heart just stopped beating and there's no explanation and there's nothing we can figure out that could happen. Um, and I said, the Lord gives and takes away. He's so good. And I started singing a song mm-hmm. of um, precious Lord, take my hand, leave me on, help me stay. And mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm weak. I'm alone. And, um, in that moment, at the age of 25, I became a widow with three little boys that are now fatherless. And um, the reality of eternity just became so real as, you know, the shock of death came over you in a way that, I mean, you mm-hmm. there's no way you can fathom that moment would ever happen. And so that began a, a long journey of grief because grief is a long journey and it's a yeah. lifetime of a, a journey. And so... Walking through that and walking through, okay, now I'm a widow at 25. Like I literally just went to a beloved wife with a strong, awesome marriage and these boys that had this amazing daddy to doing life on my own. And so it's like a new identity of I'm a single mom now and I'm a widow. And how do I do this? How do I tell my boys that their dad died? Like what in the Mm. world? God, you've called me to suffering so great. And so... I remember having to sit them down and explain it to them and try to explain that God was not going to leave us. didn't mean that you were without a father because God was going to be your father. And God always steps Mm. up in the places in our lives that have those holes. And so, and having to explain it, you know, as babies, they don't get it. And that night, my one and a half year old just kept crying for daddy over and over again. It's just the most gut-wrenching thing. And so having to, to hold him. And I remember just singing because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives, mm. you know, we, we can live because God holds the future. Oh, I love them. I know love they're them. really great. Shout, big shout out to Daniel and Brittany. Mm-hmm. I know they're podcast listeners. Yeah, hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Daniel is one of the most encouraging guys you will ever meet in your entire life. Mm. He's also an Enneagram 7. 
Okay. So I don't know why, but I'm just like, I have so many sevens in my life that are like good pals. That's good. Including my wife. You need that fun She's in a good your pal. life, you know? You do need some fun in your life. Threes <laughs> need fun. They don't know how to have fun. Yeah. They do not have fun. You do know. But we just end up, yeah. Yeah. We so stifle you, our fun. If you want to hear more from Daniel and Brittany, um, their podcast episodes, plural. What? There's so much information um, that we got from them, but episode 22 and 23. So yeah. again- I'm going to probably say this every time, but you can go back to davyblackburn.com slash podcast. Look for episodes 22 and 23 for more resources. Um, and then also just listen to that podcast. And on we'll whatever definitely podcast have medium. them back on. Yes. For sure. Maybe not 2019. I don't know. We'll see. But we'll definitely have them back on. Yes. Love it. So good. So have some questions. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you wow. know? Did you know we had questions? I, I have to be honest. Yes, I did. Oh, right, you did. <laughs> we've, we've talked about this off mic. That's uh, fine. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> during these segments, um, we're going to ask a couple questions that we have heard from you, listener. Um, Davey and I will talk about that a little bit, and then we'll intro into the next clip. Love so it. drum roll. No, drum don't roll. drum roll. I drum roll too often. <laughs> I really like them. Um, uh, first question we have here: What are the best resources for grief? Mm, best resources for so well I'm a reader I love books so I yeah. think um, I think the best resources uh, I loved Through the Eyes of a Lion mm-hmm. by Levi Lesko of course I think that's fantastic it's one I send to anybody that I know that's going through something yeah. um, I love uh, A Grief Observed Yes. By C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis, man. Um, That's raw. Specifically about, it's like journal entries after he lost his wife. And so you actually see his transformation through the Mm -hmm. process. And And I think in the middle of grief, it helps you know that you're not alone in thinking some of the things that you think. Absolutely. Um, I loved uh, The Path of Loneliness by uh, Elizabeth Elliot. Um, I'm reading right now, currently, which I don't know why I haven't read this yet, The Upside to Adversity. Hmm. By Oz Hillman. Wow. Such a good book. I'll have to it's, read that one. it's a little bit less toward it's it's less steered toward grief and more steered toward like just adversity in general. Okay. But it kind of walks through the story of Joseph and then this guy's personal story um, of all kinds of stuff that he ended up dealing with, um, a divorce, his business crashing and failing, and like what God began to do out of it. Yeah. I would love to have Oz on the podcast at some point. You know, I don't know. I don't have a connection with him. I don't know yeah. him. So maybe we'll just, he's a listener. We'll pray that in. We'll pray that in. If anybody yep. knows Oz Hillman, yes. man, because um, the the Upside to Adversity is fantastic. I would strongly suggest that. I Loved Heaven by Randy Alcorn. Yes, that's the one that I was going to say. It's thick, it's dense, but it, it was so good for me to begin to picture what heaven looks like. Mm-hmm. It made me long for heaven Yeah. Um, and excited about where Amanda is, excited about where our lost, or not lost, but dead loved ones are, mm-hmm. lost loved ones, the yeah. ones that we've lost. Yeah, 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 of course. Not lost because, you know, spiritually yes. lost. Yes. <laughs> they're spiritually found. That's why they're in heaven. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think those are probably the best ones. Mm-hmm. That And then uh, that things that are not books, I've heard this podcast is really good. It's called the Nothing is Wasted <laughs> podcast. I've, heard that's mm, pretty, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, you should check it out. Mm. I heard that's really good. No, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I definitely think, speaking of the Brookers, um, Brittany Brooker is a great follow. Daniel Brooker is a great follow. They put out a lot of resources too to help okay. widows like and widowers. Like on social widowers. media? Yeah, okay. absolutely. So you can check out their social medias. Just uh, follow them. Um, they do a lot of work with widows and widowers, which is really okay. cool. So Yeah, that is cool. I honestly don't know if I would add any more to your list. Or I can't think of any off the top of my head. There's a lot that people that, that are out there that people sent to us and... Mm-hmm. 
Some was some were good and some weren't, but those were definitely the best ones, yeah. the books that I would suggest. Right. I guess I haven't read this myself, but um, Hope in the Dark by Craig Rochelle. Uh, yes. uh, we had Craig sure. on the podcast earlier this year. Well, just a couple months ago, yeah, actually. So um, his is probably a good read, I would assume. I personally mm-hmm. have not read it myself, but it's on my list. Yep. So that's There's another, another one, one that's a really small read that's really good. It's called The Red Sea Rules. Mm-hmm. The Red Sea Rules. And we haven't talked about it. I don't feel like I've ever talked about it, but it's just super simple read, really short. But the concept is when the children of Israel get to the Red Sea and they have to trust God to see them through yeah. the Red Sea. And so it's just that idea of like, hey, this and then and then to see them through the wilderness. So the mm-hmm. same God that saw you through the Red Sea, what you learned in the Red Sea, carry that over into the wilderness wow. and trust the provision of God there. So Yeah, that's good. All right. Second question for this segment. Shoot, second hit me. question. That's a tongue twister. That yeah. Second question for this segment. <clears throat> what is the biggest lesson? <laughs> oh, What's the biggest lesson that you learned this year? One. Just one? Just one. <laughs> uh I think um, I'm probably going to, it's going to sound like a couple, but it all, they're all very interrelated. I think the, the lesson of seasons mm. is what God has been teaching me, um, that God works in seasons, um, that oftentimes we, we think that what we are called to or what we step into is a, um, a permanent thing and it's not, mm. um, God typically builds his kingdom in seasons. He builds your life in seasons. And the more that we resist the transition of seasons, the less we're able to fully enjoy the breadth of that next season. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like I'm learning this a lot right now. And 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 it's because I'm struggling with it. Nobody likes change. Nobody likes transitions. But it's good for us. And to trust that God is um, changing the season uh, for your good mm. is really important. Uh, I think the first time God started to teach me this was when Weston, we got him a, a bike for his birthday. Okay. And it was the tra- the training wheel bike, that kind of thing. But he had previously been riding a tricycle. Mm. And for several weeks after we got him this bike, I was so excited about this bike. I'm like, oh man, this actually fits you. <laughs> the tricycle doesn't fit you anymore. Right. You're going to be able to go really fast in this. You're going to be able to really like learn how to ride this bike. I can't wait till you can progress and not have the training wheels and ride around the neighborhood and zip around mm-hmm. and do ramps like daddy used to do and all this <laughs> stuff. Like I was so excited. I had this like really big vision for Weston's life when it came to the bike. Mm-hmm. And for several weeks after we got the bike, all he wanted to do was go back to his tricycle. Mm-hmm. He would try the bike. He's like, I don't want this. I don't like this. I want to go back to the tricycle. And my heart was like, dude, if you only knew what is before you right. with this bike, there's so much fun and adventure. Mm-hmm. And you are stuck on this tricycle right now because yeah. you can't fathom transitioning. And I feel like when I was having this conversation with Weston, the Lord goes, Davy, listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. This is you. You need to transition. You're 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 moving beyond the tricycle now. Go up to the you know to the um, the training wheel bike, and then that way you can go to the ten speed, and that way you can go you know yeah. to the motorcycle one day or whatever. So um, I think that is the first time I began to think about that and began to recognize that that was God. That's what God was doing in my life. Um, transitions oftentimes mean pruning. In mm-hmm. your life, yeah. We just talked about in staff meeting this idea that God has an elevation plan for you, but first the elevation plan needs to be um, preceded by an excavation plan. Yeah. 
that if you want to build a really high tower, like a skyscraper, you got to dig, dig really, really deep. And excavating out of us, God digging and rooting stuff out of us, like pride and um, jealousy and envy and anything that just would not be good for us to carry into the next season, that excavation process is really hurt. It's hurtful. It hurts. Um, It's painful, but it's the best thing for us. And so I think that's what God is kind of teaching me right now is this transitions. He's going to excavate some stuff out. He's going to prune some stuff back. And pruning is not, he doesn't prune. John 15 tells us that he prunes. It doesn't, he doesn't prune the branches that are not producing fruit. Mm -hmm. It says that he cuts the branches off that are not producing fruit on the tree and he throws those away in the fire, but he prunes back the ones that are producing fruit. Yeah. So when you're walking through a season that feels like pruning, where people are leaving your life, where things are changing, where like you're not, it's not, things aren't developing in your career business the way you thought they were going to and God's stripping some things away in your life, it's because you have produced fruit. And now in order to produce more fruit, he's got to prune some things back. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know this, if you've ever pruned a tree. It's like you cut everything back. It looks super bare. It looks like, what's this naked tree doing out in the front yard, you know? And like, you're so frustrated with it when you first prune it back. But then the next season, boom, it shoots right up. Yeah. And it becomes a lot more full and beautiful than it ever would have been able to be if it had not been pruned. And so um, this whole like idea of seasons and transitions that God works and that kind of thing, God's really um, teaching me that. In that book, uh, the... um, Upside to adversity. Yeah, I read this just a couple mornings ago, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the thing that God keeps beating into me." And uh, it's about the process of sorry if this is inappropriate, but about the process of circumcision. Mm. What I did not know about the symbol of circumcision, the covenant of you know God to Abraham, saying, "Hey, this is going to be the symbol of my promise to you," is that that symbol was actually um, I had always thought of it as like a well, you know, it's like a sacrifice. It's like a, you know, this thing that you're doing for God in order to mark you as God's people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just didn't understand the fullness of what that is. But actually what the covenant of circumcision is, is a shedding away of the old to step into the new. Yeah. So there's a story in the Bible about the Israelites going into the promised land. They crossed the Jordan River. And the first thing God asked the uh, Joshua to do is to circumcise all the men who had not been circumcised in the wilderness before right. they could step into the promised land. It was the symbol, again, of the shedding away of the old mm-hmm. and stepping into the new. Before we can step into the new, before we can step into the promised land, before we can step into the all the things that God has for us, he's got to shed away some of this old. Yeah. And we can't be um, a new creation if we're going to stay the same. Right. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's like I, God just keeps like showing me, hey, I'm shedding some stuff away. I'm pruning some stuff back. I'm shifting you. I'm changing. I'm transitioning so you can step into everything that I have for you. Yeah, that's good. So I don't know if that's helpful to anybody out there, that but is. that's what God's teaching me yeah. and has been over this this year. Yeah, that's good. Um, do you mind if I share a little bit about what Would God's taught me this year? Would love it. Okay, so I was actually flipping through my journal a couple of days ago, um, just looking back on this past year and my word for 2018 um, was holy anticipation. So words. Mm, <laughs> I remember joking about not, this, yeah, but I had two, that's words. two words. But holy anticipation. And then I've just been intentionally thinking over the past few days, and again, flipping through my journal, like flip um, brings up some of those mm-hmm. things in your mind. But um, I feel like what the Lord has taught me over this last year is um, 
and this is going to sound really cliche and really cheesy, but hey, when we anticipate that the Lord is going to do big things, mm. he blesses us abundantly. Wow. And even in things that we didn't expect him to. So just as you were talking, I was listening to you, I promise, but I was just <laughs> jotting down some things that he's like brought to my mind in the ways that like, hey, I didn't anticipate him maybe to move in this area of my life, but he did wow. over this past year. I feel like Kent and I's marriage is like, really great. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've always had a really great friendship, but I feel like we have a good foundation. Mm. Um, we have a home, which is great. Yes. We are renting, but at this time last year, you and Christy yep. have just gotten we married. We were transitioning. <laughs> I know. And so like, even, <laughs> even that is like, Hey, we have a home and we have a couple extra bedrooms. So, mm. Hey, now we have a child and that's crazy. I did not expect to become He's a, a mom big child this too. year. He's a very big child. A 16 year old child. Yes. <laughs> We have a child. Um, our church, I think, is fruitful in ways that mm-hmm. we didn't expect it to mm-hmm. be and is not fruitful in the ways that we expected yeah, it to be, right. but it's so good. Um, and I think that there has been excavation this year, mm. but there is elevation happening in our church right. um, and our people. It's like um, it's like we thought we were an apple tree and God's like, no, you're a pear tree, actually. <laughs> right. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's helpful. It's helpful <laughs> yeah, to know. Um, <laughs> Kent and I are about to experience debt freedom, what? which is incredible. And so there's so many other prayers that that the Lord is answering for us. And that mm. doesn't mean that everything's great. Like there are things that are really hard right now. That's awesome. But because I feel like we anticipated that the Lord would move, not even on our behalf, but just yeah. move. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like there's so many ways in which we've seen him do just yeah. that this year. You so. just, I just said, that's awesome. After you said there are things that are really hard right now, I need to clarify. It's awesome that even though thing, there are some things that are really hard right now, you're experiencing this abundance. Yeah. Like this blessing. Yeah. And I think that's, um, what, what's awesome is like your perspective and all that. Yeah. You know, hey, like, I think thankfulness helps us fight the dark. Yeah. Like if we can have a perspective of thankfulness and it's actually good. it's my lock screen right now. Thanks, Jess Connolly. Um, mm. That thankfulness is worshipful warfare. Like that is just wow. what the Lord is speaking over my life right now. If we can be intentional about being thankful, then it, it just lights up the dark spaces. That's awesome. You know, so Man. that's what the Lord's teaching me. Love it's it. really exciting. Boom. So <laughs> On that note, um, let's hop into our second clip um, with Jamie Ivey. When we first started dating, I mean, literally on our first date, um, I was like, this guy's too good for me. He is, he is I don't deserve this. Like this is, this is not going to work. It is not going to work. And so I told him, I've got some things in my past I need to tell you about, but I mm-hmm. really think when I tell you, you're going to bail. But I wasn't, I wasn't willing to tell him right then. It was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not ready. It's too fresh. And he said, you can just tell me whenever, like, I'm fine. I'm here. And six months later is when I told him we dated for six months. Wow. Uh, me feeling as though if I tell him he'll bail and all this time I'm falling in love with him. I mean, I just asked him the other night at dinner around the table with our kids. I was like, how many dates until you knew you were going to marry mom or whatever? And he's like, I knew our first date. And so he's going into this relationship. I'm going to marry this girl Mm -hmm. like like that. And I told him um, six months in, I laid it all out. I was like, it's time for me to tell you. And that whole time I'd been praying, God, will you help me? Just like, Help me be confident in who you say that I am. Help me mm. to be able to tell Aaron and not feel shame. Help Aaron to hear and not, you know, 
whatever I thought he might do. And so I, I laid it all out. And Davy, I'll never forget. It's one of my fondest moments of our relationship is we're sitting on the beach and I, I tell him the whole story. I tell him everything, everything, every, more than any, in any book could ever go. I tell him everything. And he looks at me with tears in his eyes and I'm crying and he's holding my hand. And he said to me, you have nothing to be ashamed of because mm. that's not even the girl that I know. Wow. And I remember feeling as though it was the first like tangible person in front of me that felt like what Jesus would say to me. Mm. You know, like I could read what Jesus thought. I could listen to a sermon, all these things. But now there's this person who's saying, I'm going to commit my life to you. I don't even that you don't have anything to be ashamed of in front of me. Wow. And so that was monumental for me. Um, for me to work through it over the years, I would say about 10 years ago is when I started putting in the work. Hmm. And what happened for me is I just started to say, you know what? I'm going to believe that what God says about me is more true than what I feel about myself. And I'm going to believe that what God says about me um, matters more than what a anyone could think or what I could think anyone would think, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. just putting in the work with some small group of girls as well, studying God's word and really starting to feel like we all have stories, you know? And that, I mean, I told you this before. This is one of the things I love about your show is we all have these stories, yeah. hard stuff about life, good stuff, and all of them can point to Jesus. They right. all can. And so I started to believe that, that, man, God, you're you're going to use my story as hard as it's been for me, and you're going to use it to do good things. And yeah. th that's, that's just kind of where that came from. And Aaron, we have never had to walk through or deal with that. You know, I, I'll say, honestly, when I first started writing the book and stuff, I got I would get nervous about, am I going to say this? What does Aaron think? And of course, mm. Aaron's like, this is dumb. Like, of course, I don't think anything about this. What do you mean? <laughs> He's just always been super, super confident in what God says about us. Wow. Which, I love that, you know? Again, that was a clip from Jamie Ivey, episode 34. Incredible interview. Mm -hmm. You guys all really loved that one. We got a lot of people yeah. feeding back about that. Um, thank you, Jamie, for being a listener, too. Mm -hmm. It's really cool to um, know that you're listening from Austin, Texas. <laughs> I'm giggling because I really just wanted to say, like, hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. Right. And then I just said it anyway. So. <laughs> well, I said it for you, so <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so you can check out the page uh, with all the information about Jamie Ivy on davyblackford.com slash podcast. Yes. Slash episode 34. I don't know if there's an additional, there's no additional slash. slash. I think you just, just go slash podcast slash and then you podcast. look for episode 34. See, all, this is the cool thing about the team that I have is they they know all this stuff. I don't know this stuff. Yeah, They've we're looking around. People are shaking their people heads are like, like, no, you're Davey, wrong. let's you're just wrong. not. Mm -mm. Okay. No, you just... <laughs> You just interview people. Reel it. it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we have some good questions again in this segment. Um, some kind of heavy and hard questions, but mm. these are some of my favorites because it helps us to be vulnerable in the things that we are currently experiencing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, I think, obviously speaks to you guys because you're the ones asking the questions. So our first question here. Ooh, it's a big one. How do parents help and love an extremely defiant 16-year-old who wants nothing to do with your rules or your faith? Wow. Uh, you know, I'm going to flip this question around on you because you, <laughs> this is so appropriate. You now have a 16-year-old. I do. Um, whom we, I don't know if I would qualify him as extremely defiant no. by any means. No, no. But I think that you are currently trying to walk through 
just that in general. Right. What does it look like to help this 16-year-old with all the trauma in his past uh, love Jesus and um, and and become obedient to him? Yeah. You know? So yeah, Man, go for it's it. It's such a big question. I feel like um, if there's anything that is honestly overwhelming me right now in this season, <laughs> it is how to shepherd a 16-year-old's heart Oof. who I don't have any history. Can you history. say that phrase again, by the way? Do what to his heart? Shepherd. Shepherd his heart. Yeah. I think that is the lens by which you have to look at parenting. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I shared this a little bit in the very first clip, but Kent and I have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> We've never been parents before. And um, Cordell, like you said, is not extremely defiant. And um, I don't say that to toot our own horn about our situation at home. Um, Cordell does come with a lot of um, a hard past that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe at some point he'll, he will even share his story. You know, that's been something that I've been praying about <laughs> is, you know, he is a 16 year old, but um, my hope and prayer is that as Jesus works some incredible things in his life and gives him um, just these abundant abundant gifts of not even just, hey, two parents who love him a whole lot, but hey, the community and the extended family that he's been gifted through our family Mm -hmm. is just incredible. And we've already seen some tremendous strides that he's taken in the past few months. But um, the first thing that I would say that Kent and I um, have experienced in moments of defiance or even like, you know, I was telling you this, Davey, um, Cordell mentioned to us, um, and you know, hopefully he doesn't mind me sharing this. This is going to be part of, of, <laughs> is Cordell of his a life now. Is he you know, I told him that he needed to be. By default while uh, you're in the car. No, he hasn't yet. Um, mm. But I told him that, hey, he has he has a story too. And mm-hmm. it might be helpful for him to listen to some other people who have walked through pain. Yeah. Um, for him to process some of those things. So I'm hopeful that he will. I'm not going to force that on him by any means. But um You know, one thing that we have talked about is not necessarily defiance toward church, but he felt like his first month in our home was extremely overwhelming Mm. when it came to church. Um, We work at Resonate. um, We have church-related activities. I would say six five or six nights a week Hmm. between youth group and small group. And we lead a small group and we're a part of a small group so that we can get filled up too. Mm -hmm. Um, We hang out with people from church all the time. And so um, he was just saying his first month with us was really overwhelming. And um, when Kent and I talked about that, we just talked about the fact that, hey, this is who we are. Mm -hmm. And when you are a Schiltz, um, this is what we do and our life is ministry. And I'm just trying to help him understand that like, hey, because you're engaging in conversation with other people, um, you are in a unique position where you don't have to pour out, but you get to be a part. Mm -hmm. Um, And so helping him to distinguish those opportunities um, that, hey, when he does do church on Sunday, yes, he does help us do load in because, you know, we're both going at 6 a.m. to church, but um, that when it comes to service time, he just gets to be filled up. And so helping him... um, what's the word I'm looking for? Delineate Mm -hmm. those opportunities I think has been really helpful for him. Um, But then the other thing that Kent and I have just found, and I don't know if this speaks whoever wrote this question to to you or not, or maybe you're already doing this. And if you are like, I applaud you because it is hard, but um, just that everything that we would do that we would want our kids to do uh, that we're praying for them to do that we would model ourselves. Um, And I think what convicted me of this is that, um, Part of my story is that, you know, I did grow up in the church and my parents um, did have a relationship with Jesus as far as I know, but um, I never saw them sit down and read their Bible Mm. um, in my childhood that I can remember. And, you know, mom, (laughs) if 
you're listening, like maybe you did that and I just missed it. But I don't remember that being like a part of a mm-hmm. regular routine. And, you know, I've talked to my mom about that before. But um, I know that if this is something that I want Cordell to model, that he'd wake up in the morning and spend time with Jesus, that yeah. that's something he needs to see Kent and I doing. Yeah. Um, and so feeling that, that healthy burden to lead him in that way um, is something that uh, Kent and I have continued to carry, um, that we would model a Jesus expression in, in any interaction we have yeah. with him, even in discipline um, or in correction, um, that we would love him the way that Jesus loves us and corrects mm-hmm. us and disciplines us. Um, but then also um, Kent and I had an interaction. Um, honestly, it was probably one of the first weeks that Cordell lived with us and we just really messed up and we had a fight in front of him and it wasn't pretty and not that we were like belligerent or anything, but I just felt extreme <laughs> we, we remorse. We call it tension talks. In yeah, it's house. a fight. It's it a full fledged fight. Yeah. <laughs> it was, no, I mean our full fledged fights are just more of like um, seeing things from a different perspective, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're never. I don't being know. in disagreement, anyway, not yeah. being able to re- resolve yeah. it. And yeah, and then we weren't yelling or anything, but you could tell that Cordell just felt a little uncomfortable because we yeah. were talking in the kitchen and he was in the dining room and. Um, Again, it wasn't anything big, but I just remember I texted Pepper right away and I said, okay, how do you and John resolve this when your child has witnessed you guys arguing? How do you not only like reconcile to your spouse, Mm -hmm. but how do you reconcile with your child Mm -hmm. also? And she was like, well, you know, we don't do that perfect, which is what I love about Pepper is that she was like, well, we just screwed up last night. (laughs) Pepper and John, John's our executive pastor, (laughs) Pepper's his wife. Yeah. And so she just talked me through that. And so Kent and I sat down at the dinner table and, um, while we were reconciling saying, Hey, I'm sorry, we brought Cordell into that. Mm. And he felt awkward, but it's something that um, I think Kent and I have vowed to do as a family is that we would model that. So again, I don't know if this answers your question specifically um, about a 16 year old wanting nothing to do with your rules or your faith, Mm -hmm. but I believe that God can work through us even when we're not speaking the gospel to our kids, that we can model that for them and that will go even further. And so I would just encourage you on the days that it seems so hard to just like pick up your Bible because you're having doubts about God working through you and in your child's life, do it anyway. Right. And um, pray promises over your child and, um, just believe that God's going to do something incredible in them. Because here's what I believe that yes, as parents, we shepherd a child's heart, but God has so many other people that he can put in their lives to bring them back right. to him. Absolutely. And so they might be defiant now, but if, if you've raised them in the way that they should go, I have full faith that God will bring them back yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, and so I just wanted to share to close, um, a couple of verses that have just been really helpful to me over the past couple months, things that I've been meditating on day and night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the first one is from Matthew eleven twenty eight, and it says, come to me, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Yeah. And so, hey, if you feel like you are chaotic, um, if you feel like your home is a place of um, just like a war zone right now, mm. um, lay it all at Jesus' feet. He will give you rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second one um, is Matthew seven twenty five, and it says the winds blew and beat on that house. It might be your house, <laughs> mm. but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Wow! So found, make your home. Yeah, your foundation founded on the on rock. rock. Yeah, put your personal foundation in the rock, and you will not move. Wow. Well, in the way that we make our foundation on the rock, Jesus said, those of you who hear my words and put them into practice, it's mm-hmm. like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And so it's right. two two ways that we do that. We hear Jesus's words, meaning right. we need to expose ourselves to God's word yeah. regularly mm-hmm. in our own quiet time, like you said, um, and not just model that for model's sake, 
Like right. be a good parent. You yeah. know what I mean? Be a good, totally, sorry, yeah. not be a good parent. Be a good follower yeah, of Jesus. Yeah. That's how you're a good parent. Yeah. If you're a good follower of Jesus, then you're, because more is caught than it is taught. Mm-hmm. And I I do remember times waking up a little bit earlier than normal and seeing my dad uh, in the living room reading his Bible. I remember thumbing through his Bible and seeing all the notes mm-hmm. in it. And the, and um, and, I, and I knew it wasn't just because he's a pastor. Right. Because he really loves the Lord, has a yeah. relationship with Jesus. And that is probably the most profound thing that my dad could have done is just him to pursue after Jesus mm-hmm. because I picked up on that. I think kids pick up on hypocrisy better than anybody else. Yeah. They're going to see you going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's the case for this question by any right. means, but but recognize that kids will pick up on that stuff. Mm-hmm. If you're going through the motions and you're speaking one thing with your lips and you're doing another thing with your life. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, uh, model the things that you want to, you want for your kids. Also, I, I would say start with specifically this question. Start with prayer. Mm-hmm. Prayer is powerful. Yeah, it is. And so, um, if you're not already, pray for your teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, God's spirit can do way more than what you can do yeah. in your own will. It's going to help you to find a sense of comfort when you feel out of control. Yep. It's going to help you recognize where the control actually lies, and that is with the Lord. And um, and then God's hand moves on our behalf. Um, in some of, the, some of the instances in this situation, it may be like the children of Israel standing at the Red Sea, and, and God looks at them and says, you will not have to fight this battle. Right. You must just be still. Yeah. Be still and know that I am God. Mm-hmm. So, so start there. Start with prayer, and then I would say there are some things that I believe that I could, um, you know, make a biblical case for some of these things. But there are some practical things that my dad, I feel like, my parents put in place. Where until I was eighteen years old and out of the house, if 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 I was in their house, I was living by their rules, yeah. whether I agreed with them or not. Right. And I hate to be cliche, my house, my rules, but that was an important principle for me to learn mm-hmm. because. Even though if I was defiant on certain things, I knew the house rules and they were consistent. There was not an inconsistency. That's another big thing is to be consistent. There was a consistency with those rules mm-hmm. and there was consistency with the consequences when I broke those rules. Yeah. And no matter how frustrated or defiant I was with those rules, I knew what they were. Mm-hmm. I knew the expectation. I knew what would happen if I did not meet those expectations. And I can choose when I'm 18 to do what I want to do. And I think that's what you have to realize as a parent is that your job as a parent is to move along the spectrum from control to influence mm-hmm. all the way through their upbringing. But if, if you're, you have a 16-year-old, you're pretty close to that influence. You still, though, have that ability to say, hey, my house, my rules. And if you're not going to abide by these things, um, you don't have to live here. Mm. And that may be the hardest thing for you to do, yeah. um, but it may be the most necessary thing for you to do because it may be that they as difficult and as painful and as um, toilsome as this will be to your soul, you may have to let them go down a road of destruction mm-hmm. for them to um, hit that rock bottom and then, just like the prodigal son, be ready to receive them when they come back. Right. Not shame them, not point your finger, I told you so, receive them when they come back. Right. And so um, the tension between those things, I'm telling you, this is a much probably bigger conversation than what we have the time for. Right. But I think there is an element at which where you've got to train the principles of, um, you know, helping them understand there is authority in this life. You do have to submit to authority. When mm-hmm. you go have a job, yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to submit to the authority of your boss. Yeah. 
Um, you can bounce around from job to job to job to job if you want to, if you're going to have a streak of defiance, but mm-hmm. that's not going to do anything good for your own well-being, you know? And so at some point, you're going to have to abide by house rules right. of a company, of um, wherever, you know, wherever it is that you live, the apartment you live in. Right. You have to abide by house rules. So you got to teach some of those principles, but then also shepherd the heart behind those principles. Yeah, that's good. I got so, two two yeah. resources that I want to um, just call out really quick um, that are stemmed off of you saying that prayer is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the, the past, I mean, this was probably the best wedding gift that anybody had ever given me, um, but it's by Stormy O. Martin. Oh, yeah. And it's this tiny little devotional and it's uh, I think it's 30 prayers. It might be more than that. Um, but it is, it's called the power of a praying wife. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's something that I've regularly, regularly done or used um, since Kent and I have been married. And it's specific prayers like prayer over his purity, prayer over his work, mm-hmm. um, prayer over his parenthood, um, which has been really cool to actually <laughs> be start praying those things, um, which I guess I should have been praying those things all along, but um, had a little bit of lack of faith in that, um, to be candid. But uh, just ordered it, haven't used it at all, but she also has another little devotional called The Power of a Praying Parent mm. um, that I'm excited to start using for Cordell. I know Mark Batterson has a book, you know, he wrote The Circle Maker. I think mm-hmm. he has a book called like Circle Your Kids Ooh. or The Circle Maker for right. like it's about praying for your kids and praying prayers over your kids' life. Cool. Um, you know, and like speaking the promises uh, uh, rather than the problem yeah. over your kids. Um, I think that's I think that's super important. This again is such a complex question. It is, yeah. If we can point you to other resources. I know Paul Tripp has a lot of really good stuff on parenting, right? Isn't Paul Shepherding a Child's Heart? And he write that so. one. That sounds right. Um but when you're in a situation where you are, I'm I'm sorry, because 16 years old is extremely defiant. Mm-hmm. It's very very tough, and I think there is a there's an element which where you're going to have to really let the Lord do some battle, yeah. and then you be consistent with where where you are right now. I would also not punish in any way. I, I see this happen so many times in in student ministries, mm-hmm. where a parent will ground a kid from church. Like, hey, don't do that. Like, that's where they need that's to be. That's where they need the power. Ground the them from something influence. else. Yeah. yeah, ground them from something else. Yeah. Um, you know, and all, and also, I mean, there's a lot of things like when when it comes to I don't know uh, how the listeners are when it comes to like travel sports and stuff like that. But I remember my dad would not let us play on a Sunday morning, no mm-hmm. matter what. He told our coach, you know, Davey will be there after church on Sunday, but we go to church as a family. That's what we do. Yeah. And. Um, Fortunately, my coach didn't put up much of a stink because, <laughs> you know, I um, had the skill level to just step right right in there. But I think God, when we put God first, He does some work to bless our efforts. Yeah. And when that is a commitment to your family, even though it doesn't feel right, like if, even though you can't see how that's going to pan out, when you commit the first to God, and um, then He blesses the rest. So. Yeah, that's good. Well, listener, if that was your question and there are specific ways that we can be praying for Mm -hmm. you and your family, please let us know. We'd love to rally around you in prayer. I know I personally would love to rally around you in prayer. Um, And so please reach out to us if you don't mind. Again, um, I would love to know the name of your 16-year-old and your name um, so that I can be praying over you guys specifically and add you to my prayer wall at home um, because I feel like that's something that is um, just near to my heart right now. So you know uh, what we're going to do? We're going to have Eddie and Esther on the podcast in 2019 talk about parenting. Yes. How's let's that do sound? It. That sounds Woo! great. Yeah, that sounds good. That'd be amazing. 
Okay, one more question until we hop into our clip with Matt and Whitney Wheeler. Um, does Weston call Christy mom? And how did you walk through that decision? Um, yes, he does. And um, he calls her mom or mommy or mama. And all those all, mom names. Right. And then we, all, <laughs> we also reference mommy Amanda. Okay. So Weston knows that he has two moms, mm-hmm. one in heaven and one here on earth. And it was a fairly easy decision for us to walk through that because he was really young. Right. He was 15 months old. Mm -hmm. And then he was three when we got married. Right. So uh, when I got married to Christy. And so um, I wanted him to have a a mom. Yeah. And have that through his whole upbringing. And that was our desire. And so we had to just um, make that decision together. Like we didn't... um, we didn't pull the trigger on that before we got married, which mm-hmm. was a little bit odd. It was like there was a like t- time of transition for a couple months before we got married where it was like, hey, you're going to call, you know, Christy that you've been calling Christy. You're going to call her mommy. She's going to be your new mommy. It's going to be mm-hmm. so trying to like shepherd his heart in that. But um, I don't think I think it's such a beautiful thing for him to grow up knowing that he has two moms. Yeah. And that he has a mom that invested so much into his nurturing for the first 15 months of his life. Mm -hmm. And then for the next 15 years of his upbringing, he has another mom that has, um, that is carrying that baton. I actually just did a, a uh, not a podcast, a blog about that, blog post about that. So you can go check it out on davyblackburn.com about just kind of the, something that I was feeling stirring in my spirit about the idea of introducing Christy to Amanda in heaven one day in the passing of the baton. So Yeah, I love that. It's a great blog. What I don't know. It wasn't that complicated of a of a decision for us, you mm-hmm. know, and everybody else seemed I mean, we got the support of everybody, yeah, me and his family. Totally. So it was like, yeah, yeah, this seems the right thing to do. Yeah. You it's know. nurturing Weston's heart mm-hmm. more than anything. Else. I think it's a harder decision when you are uh, when they're older. Yeah. And again, we had that interview with Gary and Kathy Stump and they talk about that a little bit. Okay. How um, all their kids got together yeah. and made that decision for themselves. Gary didn't pressure them to do that. But, yeah, so. that's cool. All right, well, thanks for sharing. Let's hop into a clip from your interview with Matt and Whitney Wheeler. You know, Whitney was dead. Mm. Right in my mind, my view, she mm-hmm. was dead. Um, and then when I saw her for the first time, and she was alive, is like, and how dead we are in our sins, mm. and how you know that joy that um, I felt, and just that sadness, in ever all those emotions, and how much more God feels when we repent of that sin. Mm, wow. Um, like, I think I learned more from that time frame, which has carried me through years of, you know, deploying to Afghanistan and Iraq mm. and um, many other trials and tribulations in my life that I've been able to cling on to, mm. you know, that hope and that everything that I felt and learned and experienced uh, during that time that has brought me to a deeper understanding for sure.
Well, that was a clip from Matt and Whitney Wheeler. If you guys would like to hear more from their podcast, that is episode 32. And you can also visit their podcast page at davyblackburn.com slash podcast and look for episode 32. That story just still blows my mind. Like, I can't. I I'm like. It's so unique. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. But I'm really Seriously. glad that they were willing to share their story with yeah. us. Thank so. you, Matt and Whitney. Yes, thank you oh, awesome. so much. Well, we have a guest here yeah. in the recording room. Oh, who's, oh she, who's we just got some whoops. We just who got some whoops. Well, it's Christy. Christy? <laughs> yes. You hey, guys girl. forced me to come back again. <laughs> My beautiful bride. She's so glad to be here, guys. Yes. You just don't even know. Yes, she is. Yes, <laughs> just she is. Just a little bashful. But every time she speaks... I feel like the Lord moves through her. Well, so thanks. let's build At her least confidence. You feel that way. <laughs> we do. We do. The well, good thing is, is you hide your blushing really well. You hide it. Okay. You, do, you can't tell that I don't you're know blushing. What to do with that. Well, it also is because we're on podcasts. So okay. no we're one over, can see Nobody blushing. can see you right now blushing. You're the cutest thing ever, though, when you blush. Well, thanks. That's pretty cute. <laughs> I, feel, I feel a little bit like a third wheel. I know. <laughs> just, keep, just keep affirming each other. <laughs> I'll just be right there. It was like, I think I'm just going to slip out right now. We'll give you guys some time. Bye, guys. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, we've had some listeners write in some questions. And so um, I'm glad that both of you guys are here because we actually got some questions that I think are unique to your story, mm-hmm. unique to your situation. Definitely something that um, both of you will be able to speak into. But um, Christy, I'm going to start with you. We've had several people ask this question, but here it is. Will Christy share her story? Ooh. For sure. I right think, now? Will you share it now? <laughs> well, definitely not now. <laughs> oh. But um, I think the hardest thing in my story is that it just involves a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and so mm. I definitely want to share, but it's, it's hard to fully understand how to share it and how to share it in like a public um, platform. Mm. And so it affects my daughter. It affects her dad, yeah. um, my dad. And so it's one of those things of in its time, when it's ready, I'll definitely, definitely share with people. And people actually message me a lot and they have specific questions about divorce or being a single mom. And I will share that story with them as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. actually, if you ever want a question or um, ask me anything, um, even just for advice in your walk of life, I am very open for messages and definitely will share some some things with you too. Yeah. So if people did want to ask you some more specific questions, what is the best way to reach out to you? Yeah. So um, I'm on Instagram. A lot of people just uh, message me through that. Okay. And it's just christy.blackburn.niw, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't even know my For Instagram. For nothing is wasted. Nothing right? is wasted. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, yep. So you can find me there and just message me there. Okay. Awesome. Well, it's, it's a, I mean, I want the listener to know it is a powerful, powerful story. And mm-hmm. the more, I mean, we've even dived, dived. we've even dove, dove into this a, a, quite a bit this year, even after we got married. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, I remember where were we, babe? Where we went to that to see that movie, and we started talking about your story. We were was it? We went and saw. Um, can, I can only imagine, mm. and it just kind of like opened up a lot of stuff for both of us. And we mm-hmm. started just talking about a bunch of stuff, and then we started furiously writing a bunch of notes of, you know, things about your story. Um, because one of the desires that we have, we don't know if this will pan out, Lord willing, but one of the desires we have is to write another book that okay. it really encompasses Christie's story and mm-hmm. then how that dovetails with my story and how God kind of brings those two stories together. Because I think what's powerful and what we've seen with this podcast is, is this is not just about one person's story. This is the web and interconnectivity of so many different people's stories. If we've heard, as we've yeah. heard so many other people's stories, um, as we're hearing your stories as listeners, we're seeing that God interconnects people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes he kind of interconnects people in a um, 
a really powerful way the way he has with Christy and I. And, and so uh, we, we just, I remember leaving that movie theater and we were on a plane having, heading home and just started taking a bunch of notes as to, well, if we were to share your story, what would that look like? What kinds of components would we want to share about that? And it is just super rich and super powerful. And so our plan is, is to um, try in 2019 to work on putting that together in a book that hopefully, again, the Lord has got his own timing for all this stuff we've right. learned <laughs> through this process. That's one of the things we've learned this year is I thought we would have released Nothing Is Wasted a year ago. Mm-hmm. And he has his reasons as to why it's being held up and why the judicial process is being held up. Yeah. And, and so in the meantime, we are asking God, what is it that you want us to do now to prepare for that season, both mm-hmm. internally, relationally? How do we set a foundation for our family? And one of the things that we feel like God is leading us to do to prepare for that is to begin writing down Christie's story. Hmm. We just have this sense that after Nothing Is Wasted releases, that we won't have time. We'll be spending a lot of time sharing that story. Yeah. We won't have time to be able to sit down and write it. And so um, we'd like to go ahead and write it, get it in the publisher's hands. If they'll take it, go ahead and um, get all that process done so that maybe a year after or something like that, we could release that as a follow-up. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, I think we're still trying to um, piece together the process of what that what is what all does that look like her story right. you know and and what yeah. and, and what can be shared and what can't and shouldn't be shared and yeah for sure Christy, so. how does that make you feel like the idea of another book that encompasses your story yeah, honestly, it was kind of when he told me before that he was thinking about writing it, it made me really afraid just to even share that and be vulnerable like that. But what I've noticed just when people have come to me, I feel like it's very powerful. I don't feel like it's my story, but it's God's story that he wants me to share. And so it's one of those things that I know it can can impact a lot of people and I'm willing to do that. But it is kind of vulnerable. It is kind of putting yourself out there. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of both of you guys and how you're walking through a season of waiting. I think that's something that we've dialogued about a lot is, hey, what do we do in the season of waiting? Mm -hmm. And you're just, I don't know, watching God open up some potential doors for you Mm -hmm. and carrying out this story. So, man, I love you guys a lot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I got another question. What are the best resources like books or Bible studies for single mothers? And then Davey, I would love it if you'd follow up with this, Uh, Mm -hmm. even even for single dads, you had a season there Mm -hmm. that you were single. So if both of you guys can talk about, hey, what were those resources that were really helpful for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So honestly, it's funny when I think about even just after um, my divorce and just that single time um, with just me and, and Natalia. It, as cl- as cliche as it sounds, the Bible, honestly, um, mm-hmm. I made sure that every single morning I got up and I got in his word, reading two or three chapters a day. And just, I felt like he really spoke to me in that season. Um, he says that he's near to the brokenhearted mm-hmm. and I felt him speaking clearly and directly to me. Um, I feel like there's a lot of books you can read, but there's nothing like just reading the Bible, yeah. journaling through that, journaling through certain trigger points that are going on, things that are just really um, too hard for you to handle and just pouring your heart out mm-hmm. to him because it's a weird season, but honestly, it was such a beautiful season because I felt so close to to the Lord. Um, one thing also was the path to loneliness, mm-hmm. I think, or the path of loneliness. I can't remember what it's called, but Elizabeth Elliot, she wrote that. I loved that. Um, I just think any woman who is single, she really explains that very well of just how to uh, seek after the Lord in those times. And then um, it was funny because the book Uninvited, I did not want to read it because everybody was reading right? it. I hope, I hope this is 
I, Hope Lisa's I not out. listening right now. I know. <laughs> hey, Lisa, we love you. I know. We do, though, because it said, like, if you're lonely or less, and I was like, I'm not any of those. But honestly, I didn't realize I was, and there was a lot of things I didn't realize that was going on in my life mm-hmm. that needed to be kind of, like, uprooted and, and talked through. Um, and so I loved Uninvited. And while I was doing all this, I went to counseling regularly mm-hmm. to, like, just talk to um, someone wiser that could just give me advice of how to walk through this the best way. Um, and then I would say even too, just, I mean, even those, those are the resources, but other resources would be just plug into your local church and just serve like crazy. A lot of single moms think they just don't have the time and they're just surviving, mm-hmm. keeping their head um, above water. But I did feel like once I started doing that, it felt like less like survival. Mm. And I felt like I did have community and I, I didn't make as many dumb decisions as I did when I wasn't as plugged <laughs> in. Mm, yeah. That's well, I think that's huge. Like the, the counseling piece to, of just being able to have somebody who is objective and walking through that season with you. Um, you know, full disclosure, Christy and I, we see her old counselor um, now on a, on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And it's just been something for us as we're transitioning seasons, even right now, we're like, we need someone who can just like, we can talk this stuff out with. And I need a, a single mom and a single dad out there to understand that you don't have to do it by yourself. There's nothing that makes right. you look strong. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that makes you look powerful. There's nothing that makes you look like you've got it all together by just kind of callousing your, yourself up and going, I can do this all by myself. You, you can't. You right. cannot do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. They say it takes a village, and I feel like it really Absolutely. does take a bunch of people to help you to raise your child. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think it's like kind of a, a, a con, like I would say it's a little bit of a, um, a paradox here. There's two truths that I would say. One is you can't do it by yourself. And two is you've got this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because Second um, Peter chapter one, verse three says, his divine power has given us everything we need for, God, for godliness, for life and godliness. Is, is, uh, so that, that was the NIV. The ESV says, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and mm-hmm. he's given you everything that you need for the season you're in. Whatever he's called you to right now, he's also equipped you for. Mm-hmm. And so you you already have what you need inside of you. And um, and that means in the season of singleness, that means in the season of marriage, that means in the season of divorce, that means in the season of widowhood, that means in the season of parenthood, that means in the season, in every single season, you already have it in you but you can't do it by yourself. Right. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, I just wanted to reiterate that when it came to, to counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else, babe, that you felt like was really helpful for you? No, honestly, like I just think that on just having people, God put the right people in the right time that I needed during that time. And so I would just say, just keeping your hand open and just trusting that the Lord's going to provide for you because in that season, it's easy to just close your fist and just say, okay, I'm going to get through this mm-hmm. and I'm going to white knuckle my way through this, but you don't have to. Um, it's funny because there's this like commercial talking about this mom who was a single mom working and then she ended up going to school and then uh, her kids were like at her graduation and singing like happy or congratulations relations to her for it or whatever. And I just remember just crying, like, <laughs> I get you. And it's like this cartoon, but I, I just think people don't realize how hard it really is. Yeah. And, um, but you can't do it alone. I yeah. think that's the biggest thing. You just can't do it alone. Well, in much of the season that you were doing that, I mean, you, after your divorce, you decided to go back to school mm-hmm. so that you could support uh, Natalia. You thought maybe you'd be 
single mom for the rest of Natalia's upbringing at yep. least. And so you went to PA school and you had especially one person that really helped you out big time and mm-hmm. that's your mom. Oh yeah. We call her Super Nana. <laughs> I mean, she is incredible. And so she really picked up a huge load for you. She and her husband, Lee. And, um, and then even after we got married and you were finishing up school, she picked up a huge load when it came yep. to Weston and, and Natalia. And so, I mean, you... I think that's what I would say, um, you know, for me was I'm not the kind of person that typically likes to ask people for help. I like mm-hmm. to think that, I, you know, I'm like, I can, I got this, I can do this. It's part of my, you know, entrepreneurial spirit that's just like, nope, I got this, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, in that season after Amanda passed away, I needed help. Yeah. And so. And Mama, Amanda's yeah. grandma was amazing. Mama was fantastic. Mm-hmm. My cousin Jamie, mm-hmm. she came to me and said, hey, I will watch Weston anytime any day, all day, however much you need mm-hmm. in order for you to have this space. And she had four kids. And so it was a fantastic fit for them, t- for her to just kind of take that on as I needed it to. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was no strings attached. Mm-hmm. I think that was the coolest thing ever is like people coming in and going, Hey, with no strings attached, I'm not going to hold this against you later right. or hold this over your head later. Mm-hmm. I just want to serve you. I want to mm-hmm. like help you in this situation, this season to get your feet back from, you know, back underneath you. And um, so I would just say that, that it takes a village. Yeah. I don't know if you can really, um, I mean, I'm sure you can, you can, books will help God's word and um, just living it out mm-hmm. in community. Uh, that's going to be, you know, all that you need right there in order to walk through that season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I love hearing your guys' hearts and, um, you know, even even the things that God has provided for you mm-hmm. in seasons that are really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, one question I have for you guys uh, is something you guys have probably been working through over the last mm-hmm. year together. Um, but what are some ideas about special things to do with young kids to help keep their dad or mom's memory alive and honor their life? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good, good question. question. Wow. That's one thing we work through a lot just to um, make sure that we're doing it a healthy way and not creating this um, memory that didn't exist for mm-hmm. Weston. Mm-hmm. Um, but most kids, I mean, they're from all ages. So that a lot of them do have memories of their, right. their past loved one. And so for us specifically, Weston didn't have um, any memory. And so we didn't want to create anything. So mm-hmm. I think for us, the biggest thing was just um, making sure that there were some pictures of her and him around the house. And we also have a chest um, that we just put all these different things of her and him in it. So when he does get older, where he can understand and grasp that his mom died, mm-hmm. um, that he had a mom before me and, and who she mm-hmm. was, we want to wait until he's mature enough to handle all that information. Yeah. Um, so we're just like collecting all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um what else do we do, babe? We we go to her her uh, grave site mm-hmm. um, on the anniversary. On special occasions, yeah, like mm-hmm. whether it's her birthday or whether it's anniversary or something like that. We'll take the kids to the graveside, and um, it's hard to try to dissect for them what exactly that is, mm-hmm. you know, because you know her body is there, but she's not there, right. and so they're not quite at the age. Um, I say they because it's both Weston and Natalia. Natalia is walking through it just as much as Weston is and trying to understand what this is like. But for Weston, it you know they don't understand what that means for her like soul to be in heaven. And we, mm-hmm. so so we try to communicate the really tough concepts um, in a very simple way to help shape their worldview. So you know um, 
your mommy Amanda is in heaven. And here's why she's in heaven, because she loved Jesus very much. She had a relationship with Jesus. And our kids now understand that when, when you believe that Jesus died on the cross and raised from the dead and you receive him as your savior, then you, he changes your heart and he puts the Holy Spirit inside mm-hmm. of you. They know that, mm-hmm. right? Um, in fact, Natalia told somebody, our, our, <laughs> her cousin the other day, told her cousin the other day, you're mean and you don't have the spirit of God in you. <laughs> Burn. Uh, I know. Wow. That was rough. I was like, man. <laughs> I know a lot of Christians who are that mean, <laughs> but um, but at least they're kind of understanding what that looks like. And so, they, you know, we tell them like the reason that mommy Amanda is in heaven after she died is because she loved Jesus. And so now she's with Jesus forever. And we want to go be with Jesus forever. But before we go be with Jesus forever, we have to help as many people as we possibly can here on earth. God has a task for us. He has an assignment for us. And then when we've helped everybody that we can help, that that he has already set out for us to help, then we'll go with we'll go be with Jesus, and that shapes some very mm-hmm. big worldviews. I think it shapes um, the understanding of a world like we're aliens on this world. That we have a home that's not of this world. Let's not make this our home. Let's look forward to heaven, but let's understand that while we're here on earth, that we do have an assignment. Let's not get lulled by the comforts and, 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 and material things of especially this Western world. Let's, let's set our eyes, set our hearts, set our um, treasures in heaven. Mm-hmm. And all of those things are really hard for them to understand in their you know, four-year-old, five-year-old mind. But if we can begin to shape that now, I think that's what's really important. Yeah. Um, and not shying away too from when like you get that twinge of pain when something mm-hmm. happens. Like for example, every Disney movie has some kind of evil, some kind of death in it. And that can cause yeah. us to kind of twin, like have this weird twinge of pain. Uh-huh. And we're not going to shut off every single thing that pops up. And yeah. so... Yeah, oftentimes it's like the death of a parent, you mm-hmm. know, and you're going, I never even realized this until we we stepped into a situation like this. And now we're like, well, and so you can just have that like where you want to run away from it, but we have to step into those situations. And every single time communicating with them. And so again, like they don't understand death, but just communicating, like, why are we at the gravesite? Like on her birthday, why are we celebrating her birthday? And whenever he does ask questions, it's usually for some reason, I don't know why it's on our way to church in the car. Um, I don't know huh. why he always asks me and he'll just say, well, I miss mommy Amanda or um, tell me more about mommy Amanda. Mm-hmm. And so we just talk about her um, mm-hmm. in any way that I like that we can, because I don't know her. Her. I've never met her. Um, I've heard a lot of stories about her. And so the same with Weston, he's heard a lot of stories about her, um, but it's not from memory. And so right. we, we just talk about her. I'm like, well, what do you miss about her? What are the things people told you about her? And this mm-hmm. is what I know about her. And so just going into those, I think um, helps them just get a right view and a right perspective. And it's not this like fantasy or, well, I want to be in heaven with mommy or, or any of those kind of things. Yeah. Um, I think that's where we're always trying to tread water of like, what is too much and what's not enough. Mm-hmm. And and I think it really depends to the way you walk through this depends on their age. You know, mm-hmm. we had the interview with Gary and Kathy Stump and they had older kids or Gary had older kids when, um, and you can go back and listen to the that podcast. We just released that um, this month. And so, the but they had older kids and they had to walk through it differently because those kids remembered mm-hmm. right. uh, his mom or his wife, their mom. And they... And, and so they had a different processing of grief, whereas someone's Weston, Weston's age, he didn't remember it. And yet we have to be attuned to the things that may be trauma-induced that he's not even sure 
why he's reacting in a certain way or processing in a certain way. Um, the reason he's processing or reacting in a certain way is because there was a season where his caregiver, his you know, primary caregiver was just gone. Mm -hmm. And and there was a lot of like, you know, shuffling around that took place for us to survive. Mm -hmm. And so we have to just be attuned to that, those kinds of things and, um, but not make too big of a deal out of it, yeah. you know? Um, not really have that victim him. mentality, like right, make right. him be this victim that he's, we, he doesn't need to be. He's yep. not, he's out of it. Exactly. Um, and so just treating him as a normal four-year-old child and just helping him develop that way. Yeah, that's, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's important to find some things that you can um, keep memory alive, um, create memory, but as long as you're doing it in a healthy way, that's not causing the the, the child to stay stuck in the mm-hmm. past. Right. And that's what's so important about grief in general is that you have to spend time grieving. You have to weep, but you can't wallow. That's what mm-hmm. my counselor says, weep without wallowing. So spend yeah. the time grieving, spend the time working through and processing that stuff, but don't get stuck in it because there are people who get stuck in it for years and years and years and years and years and they can never move to what God has for them next. And especially in someone like a 15-month-old, as Weston was, now mm-hmm. he's four, to like we've got to help him continue to have his eyes forward. Um, Paul said this, forgetting what is behind, mm-hmm. we strain on toward what is ahead, to which God has called us you know, um, through Christ Jesus. And so um, he was talking about a lot of his past, the things that were really struggles for him, mm-hmm sins that he committed, things that, you know, he he needed to forget in order to move it. But it's not just the bad things. It's also some of the good things that will become bad if we let them hold us and, and enslave us into that season. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's, that's kind of the lens that we're trying to look at things with when it comes to Weston and when it comes to ourselves. Yeah. And I think the, the hard part is you sometimes will be blinded with your lens. Um, mm. Sometimes grief will blind you. And so you think you're doing it right. And so that's the one thing I've always asked different counselors just for their uh, input or their advice, like especially uh, counselors who've dealt with trauma and grief and just ask them like, how as a mom can I be for Weston? Mm -hmm. And I think too, so if like you have gone through some trauma, like you don't really fully know if you are creating that moment of stuck for those those kids and Mm -hmm. um, just asking someone who's not in it just to say like, hey, how do you feel about this situation? And just to kind of see, are you making them kind of feel stuck in that too as well. Yeah, that's good. But we're still learning a lot too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, if anybody has any suggestions, I think one of the things that's helped us a ton is just like what you just said, talking to people who are have gone through it and are mm-hmm. objective. Right. And we can say, hey, th- this is how I'm processing it. Tell me where that's healthy and where that's not. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, for sure. So I feel like this is a really complex Uh, but important question. And obviously it's going to be different for every single family. And so if there's any listeners out there who are like, wow, this is really helping me or, hey, I would like some clarity or Mm -hmm. even even some additional help Mm -hmm. uh, with this because it is so important. Please feel free to reach out to to us at hello at resonateindy.com. I'm going to defer those emails to these two right here. But um, seriously, this is a really important mm-hmm. conversation. So if we can continue that with you, just let us know. All and, right. And if I can say one oh, more yeah, thing, totally. and this, because this covers, I think everybody, doesn't matter if you've dealt with, if you're a parent, we have to remember that we're raising adults. Mm. We're not raising kids. So we have to have a vision for our kids. Yeah. That doesn't mean we control our kids' lives by any means. No way. Like you got to foster the things that God has put in them and allow them to, 
you know, they're, they're arrows as the scripture calls it. Right. And so mm-hmm. we're going to like, we're going to hopefully shoot some straight arrows yeah. that are going to be impactful for the kingdom. But, mm-hmm. but we have to remember, we have to go, okay, if we want them to be a certain way, um, and I'm talking about be, I'm talking about their personhood, not do a certain thing. Because right. so many times parents are going to live vicariously through their kids and try to push them into things, become a doctor, or become this, whatever it is. If we want them to be a certain way, if we want them to love Jesus, and if we want them to care about people and be compassionate for people and and um, and help people, like if that's what we want their personhood to be when they're 18, 22, 20, 30, whenever, whatever it is, we've got to start shaping that at four. Mm-hmm. We got to start shaping that at, you know. Right, and, and model it for them. Right, and yeah. model it for them. And what one of the things that has been, has set heavy on me in this season is I had a, a mentor who told me that really you have age one to five is your most formidable years with your mm-hmm. kids. That's where you're shaping so much of, of the trajectory of their life. And so this is vital right now to have those kinds of um, conversations, to talk about stuff, to, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we could do a whole podcast on parenting. Mm-hmm. We would not teach that. We would nope. have somebody else come in and go, <laughs> We're learning. Would you please tell us how to <laughs> Yeah, do this? me either. Wash <laughs> my hands of that one. Yeah. Okay, got a more lighthearted question for you guys um, to wrap up our time as the three of us. But last year, uh, during the Nuevo's podcast, you guys had just gotten married. So this (laughs) last calendar year has been a really big year in a lot of ways. What does life look like for you now? Wow. I'll let go you for take it, that nope, one. Go nope. for it. <laughs> you know I'm probably going to talk more, so you go ahead I and mean, lead out. I mean, I can't talk about your life, so <laughs> know, one of you is going to have to say something. Honestly, <laughs> it's just as crazy as it is. It feels like a whirlwind, but yeah. like um, I was in PA school all the way up until just this the beginning of this month of mm-hmm. November, well, actually yeah. November, so yeah. past month. And um, so it, honestly, it feels like I am just now married to you. We went out in August. <laughs> oh, we went hey. to, I know, right? <laughs> we went uh, to California in August and I finally felt like we actually got some time together. Mm-hmm. Um, we are pastors of a church. We have nothing is wasted ministry, mm-hmm. two kids. Um, now I'm homeschooling them. So life is pretty much nuts, uh, <laughs> but it's amazing. Um, I feel like our kids are best friends, which I couldn't ask for anything mm. more. Um, <laughs> they get along like best friends and fight like best friends. Yes, so. <laughs> which is so cute how they fight, though. They do conflict <laughs> resolution with each other, and it's That's amazing. Um, well, I feel like we're creating a great foundation. Um, we talked about for our word of the year for next year, and that's going to actually be foundation because we mm-hmm. really want to make that set before um, life gets even crazier. Um, I think our, our family dynamic is pretty funny. We have to... Well, we always joke about it, but we have to share our kids with like four different families. <laughs> uh, we're co-parenting. So Natalia's dad is in her life. And um, so we are co- constantly co-parenting with mm-hmm. him. And then we're also having Amanda's family, mm-hmm. my family, and then Davy's family. Mm-hmm. So we love it because most people, I feel like really they're, they don't really have that many people that actually want to take their kids on a regular basis, but we have multiple people that are like, Hey, can we the kids the stop problem. by? <laughs> yes. So it's an awesome problem to yeah. have, but it's just neat to see like how God has given us such a big family and yeah. that everyone really wants to be involved in our kids' lives and in our lives. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, I think for the first, um, I mean, eight months or so of this year, we were still trying to figure out how to survive 
um, our word last year was flow because we were like, we just need to be able to get in a rhythm, knowing going into it that it was going to be nearly impossible to find a rhythm that would stick all year because mm-hmm. your rotations every month change. Every four weeks. Yeah. That's right. Every four <laughs> weeks. Once you got used to it, once we got used to it as a family, it was like, okay, here's the new hours for the next month. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, let's adjust. Yeah. So we've gotten really good at adjusting um, yeah. on that stuff. But that was kind of our, let's just keep trying to find a flow that would help us to not just survive, but but thrive the best that we possibly can and um, produce fruit in, in our lives. And so then, like, you know, Christy said, we went away in August and we just really started looking forward to and thinking about, okay, you're almost done with school. What is this going to look like? How are we going to um, transition as far as what is what is life going to look like with everything? You know, are you going to work? Are you going to... Uh, what are we going to do with nothing is wasted? We want to continue to build it out as a ministry, not just as a podcast. What are we going to do as far as the church is concerned? Like, how do we, um, how do we lead all of these different things? And so, it's really just been the past couple weeks, um, you know, six weeks or so that we feel like we're um, stepping into a new season. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, our word for the year is uh, foundation. I have the verse right here that we're looking at. First Timothy six nineteen storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, mm. so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed, and so um, that's what we're working on right now. So we're even you know we have not had the bandwidth to uh, go and and see a counselor regularly about all of the different. Um, yeah, the mm-hmm. dynamics of what it, we have just stepped into. And I think our friends, Daniel and Brittany Brooker, um, they have just really encouraged us. That I know that they're really good at just consistently seeing a counselor. And last time we visited with them, and we did an interview with them a while ago. You can go listen to that podcast. We'll have them on again, I'm sure, because they're just super wise. But last mm-hmm. time we visited them with them, they were just talking about, hey, here's what we talked about with our counselors. And we're like, we've got to do this. And it's been so helpful for us mm-hmm. over the past few weeks of doing that. And so right now we're just working on very carefully working on our foundation. What does that mm-hmm. look like for us to lay a good family foundation um, to be able to walk into everything that God has called us to in 2019? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's fun. Uh, our intern is living with us right now. <laughs> I have two Enneagram sevens living in the house. Every I know, evening it's always it's, fun. Every <laughs> evening it's crazy. And it's funny because she was following the story, you know, before she lived with us, before she came to intern with us. And um, she's like, you guys should have a reality TV show <laughs> in your house because it's like, n- seems so like different than the Instagram perception. Mm-hmm. And I think that's everybody's life. Right. It's yeah. like you put Instagram versus reality. Exactly. Yes. And so she yeah. keeps saying like, David, this is the, the, the you that everyone needs to show see right here. Show, <laughs> show them the real you. And I'm like, well, it's impossible for people on the podcast or people, mm-hmm. you know, out there to see the real, cause they're not in this and they're not yeah. with us. And unless they listen to intros and outros. Unless they and listen to our bloopers. And then they get a little bit of a glimpse. <laughs> <laughs> we like to have a lot of fun. And I think that we're, tr- and that's what I love about Christy is she is so much fun yeah. and she's put so much joy back into my life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important when you're going through hard things to keep a good sense of humor yeah. mm-hmm. and to just have fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what life looks like right now. Um, Excited about homeschooling the kids. We'll see how that pl- plays we'll out. We're back and forth out. about it all the time. We're like, well, do you want to work? They're on the letter B. I hope I can't mess They're up C. They're on the letter B. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I love it. Well, any other thing that you guys want to share or add in before we hop into the next clip of Nuevo Um, I don't know about you, babe, but I, I mean, I think that 
it's been very cool just to see how you guys as a, as a community, the Nothing Is Wasted mm-hmm. community have supported us and surrounded yeah. us with support. You know, mm-hmm. there's, it's definitely no easy thing that we're stepping into. And it's definitely no easy thing that Christy has stepped into. Um, I think that in situations like this, it is very easy to feel like that you're trying to fill some shoes. And what I love about you, babe, is that you've just owned the fact that that's not your role. You're not, your role is not to fill shoes. Mm-hmm. Your role is to be you because mm-hmm. God's created you unique and you're going to have a unique impact in this world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I guess I think I would want people to know that, yeah. that like, um, Amanda was unique and she was special and she has and will continue to have a unique impact in this world. And Christy is unique and she is special and she is incredible and she is going to have a unique, profound impact in this world. And so I think that, yeah, I think that's just what I'd love for our community out there um, to realize and pray for us. Mm -hmm. Keep praying for us. You know, we want to help as many people as possible and impact many people as possible. Well, with that, when you go on the offense, when you're standing really close to hell's gates mm-hmm. and you're redirecting traffic, it gets pretty hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the enemy does he's not happy about it. And yeah. so we we face a lot of attacks that yeah. um you know, we're we're having to sort through. So yeah. Do you guys mind if I just pray for you right now yeah. on the podcast. That'd be awesome. Listener, That'd be awesome. if you're <laughs> in the car, obviously don't close your eyes, but um, just just help us in, in lifting up Davey and Christy. Mm. Dear Jesus, uh, I thank you so much for this couple. God, I thank you for the unique ways in which you have designed both of them, um, the gifts that you've given them, uh, the leadership that you have placed in them. Um, God, I thank you for your presence in their life. God, I thank you that you continue to just forge a clear path before Mm -hmm. them. Um, And so Jesus, I pray, um, God, that you would just continue to work through them. God, that you would continue to unify them, um, that the foundation that um, they have planned for 2019 uh, is just the tiniest little thing compared to what you have planned for them Mm -hmm. in 2019. And so, um, Jesus, I pray that this next year would be one where their family would continue to be um, fruitful, um, that their roots would dig deep, God, so that fruit can be produced. Um, God, we know that you have such big plans, bigger than we could ever hope or dream for the Blackburn family. Um, God, I pray that you would protect them. Um, God, that you would continue to wage war on their behalf. Mm -hmm. God, that you would strengthen them. Um, God, and that you would just continue to surround them with a community of people who love them so, so much. Um, God, we love you. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Emily. And I think the biggest thing that our hearts is literally just for you guys Mm -hmm. to um, just see God in a different way and get Mm -hmm. healing. And so honestly, like if you do need to reach out, we are very honest and genuine when we say, please reach out. Mm -hmm. We do want to give you resources. We we do want to help you any way that we can. And so, yeah. 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 So again, probably both of your Instagrams are mm-hmm. opportunities yeah. for yep. for you to reach out to them. And then also hello at resonateindy.com. Christy, thank you so yes. much Thanks for, for hanging me. out with us. Hey, you are welcome anytime. Man, and again, the people want to hear from you. So wow. just come bust up Maybe. in here. We'll yes. see. <laughs> it's yes. always a party with Christy here. <laughs> it is always a party with Christy. Uh, Oh, my word. Okay, I was listening to some jack jams today. (laughs) It was good. That's what that just reminded me of. We listen to Christmas trap music, too. Jingle bells, 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 jingle bells. You just said 
jingle bells like 40 times. It's a trap. It gets so, trapped on so jingle bells. So we're going to go point? ahead and transition <laughs> into our fourth clip um, from Lisa Turkhurst. We serve a really good God, but we do serve a really good God who allows hurt sometimes. Mm. And I think sometimes we feel the need to explain that away. But what we have to remember is people don't need pat answers. They don't need a bumper sticker slogan. God doesn't want to be explained away. He wants to be invited in. And so when we say things like, God won't give you more than you can handle, I get it because it makes it more palatable than to acknowledge the reality that we serve a good God who does allow hurt, but we serve a God that will also take that hurt and use it for good. And Mm. we don't have to like it. It doesn't even have to feel good ever on this side of eternity, but it will be good. And Mm. um, sometimes not just for our good, but for others as well, just like Genesis 50, 20 and the story of Joseph says. Um, But I, I, yeah, I wrote about, that that's actually a chapter in one of my books because I was going through a really hard time in my marriage. I'd already been through a life-threatening surgery um, the year before. And then in the middle of all of that, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And uh, so people stopped saying that statement to me, God won't give you more than you can handle because I think people were kind of shocked that it's, <laughs> other hard thing happened. Yeah. They kind of realized in that moment, uh, this is a lot more than what anybody could handle and trying to reconcile that. Um, but a lot of things in the Bible, if you're, if you look at and, and trust me, I mean, I'm not trying to shine my spiritual halo here, but I mean, God's word started to become such a necessity because I felt like mm -hmm. my soul could no longer feed on junk food Mm -hmm. of quick, spiritual inspiration. Mm. I had to get nourishment into the depths of my soul because I felt like my soul was seriously wounded in some of the things that were happening to me. And so uh, a lot of times in the Bible, if we want strength, we have to go through hardship. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, 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 I want, I want the strength that I want God's strength. But Sometimes God gives us strength in packages of hardship. And, um, and and one of the reasons I believe that is, is because God doesn't want us to learn how to rally more of our own strength. God wants us to rely on His strength. But His strength is usually only gained um, within us hmm. uh, when we walk through hard times. Just like James 1, verses 2 through 4 explains to us, we can consider where the joy might be in hard times and trials, because we know that God's going to develop within us a perseverance that will leave us mature and complete, not lacking anything. Yeah. And so yeah, we were like, yeah, yeah, I want to be mature and complete, not lacking anything. But <laughs> it's like, okay, well then you're going to have to develop perseverance. But in order to per- develop perseverance, you got to go through hard stuff. I love that podcast with Lisa. Man, I'm telling you. The whole interview was so I, good. I wish we had had like an hour and a half. Yeah. Man, cause she, but she just like packed in so much in 30 minutes. It yeah, was unreal. she did. 
If you want to go and listen to the entire interview with Lisa, um, her episode was number 38. Um, and we have a lot of references for her on our podcast page. So davyblackburn.com. I feel like I've said this so many times. <laughs> davyblackburn.com slash podcast. Episode 38 was Lisa Turkers. Yeah. M. Yes. <laughs> this is Nuevabos. It is. So we're going to celebrate some 2018 milestones. Ooh, I wish I had a, um, what are those called? Like, I'll just do that. You know what's really, really cool about God is that he wants us to party and celebrate. Yeah. He always told his people in the Old Testament to like go back and celebrate milestones. Like right. build altars here to signify remembrance of this mm-hmm. because if we don't remember how faithful he's been in the past, we'll forget when we come up on some kind of a a, a, a Goliath situation, yeah. some kind of a storm. We'll mm-hmm. forget how faithful he's going to be through that storm by not remember. So, so we like to party. I'm totally over-spiritualizing this party right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some of the milestones from 2018. Yeah, we have a decent-sized list of yeah. just really cool things that God has done through our podcast this year. And the first one is remote podcasting. Yes. So that's been incredible. Um, Davey, why don't you share a little bit about what that is? Well, before 2018, we would do all of our podcasting in person, which meant we either had to travel to them or they had to travel to us. Mm-hmm. And it also limited the, uh, the 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 number of people, the type of people that we were able to have interviews with. Yeah. It usually just coincided with, oh, I've got a speaking engagement at this conference. Right. So we'll like try to do something there with this person. And those are great. I love doing in-person interviews, mm-hmm. love doing people local to Indianapolis. But we've been able to ship podcast equipment now right. to all over the the country and I'm hoping at some point all over the world right. to be able to interview people. It opens up the spectrum of the the interviewees that we can that we can handle. So it's yeah. just really, really cool. So for people who aren't behind the scenes, um, what when you are doing a podcast interview, yeah. for example with Lisa, right. what did that look like? Because can you see her? Can you not? What, yeah. what does that mean for you? Well, so she would receive, she receives like our podcast equipment and then our audio engineer, Tommy, remotes in on the computer that we send her mm-hmm. or whoever the interview interviewee is. And he like controls the computer to record the, her microphone and they have a monitor. The interviewee has a monitor with a Skype camera and then we have a monitor with a Skype camera. And so we're like, looking at each other talking. You're technically face to face, right? Yeah, and I've right? got headphones on and we're like, I'm, li- I'm hearing them. They're hearing me. We're talking through Super cool. basically a glorified phone call, Skype yeah. phone call right there. Yeah, I love that. I don't know if that helps any of our listeners picture it, but I geek out over that. Yeah, I don't the know if you that, really care about that. That we can be face to face really cool. with people, um, even in remote podcasting. Yeah. So. I think it helps with the, just the conversational style of this. Yeah. You know, this more long form conversational style. Yeah, for sure. So, so the second thing I have on our milestone list is is that we've we've recorded some dream podcasts <laughs> yeah. this year. Tell me oh, and man. tell our listeners about this list um, and some of the names that we've seen God just crazily answer this year. Well, in 2017, I remember making a huge list on my whiteboard of like, if God would answer my prayers or my big dreams, these mm-hmm. are the people that I'd love to have on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. And it was people like Craig Rochelle and... Lisa Turkers mm-hmm. and you like know, dreaming big. Yeah, dreaming like big. Like we are 
I mean, at this point, we'll, we'll share this in a second, but we had 17 episodes at the beginning of this year. Right. So we're like, who are we right. <laughs> that these people would say yes? That they would say, yeah, I'll come and podcast. talk about this. And it's been really interesting because I really enjoy having some of those Christian leaders as well-known Christian leaders on the podcast. But I really enjoy the stories of people that nobody has heard of. Yeah. I mean, like, so I love having that... Um, that mixture, that blend mm-hmm. of those, because you've got, you know, really great Christian leaders and Christian thinkers um, who are pushing really great content out there, who are really shaping our culture, and we're able to hear from them. But then we've got the people that, man, they're just as wise, it seems yeah. like, and they have just uh, just powerful stories and just to sit and soak up their wisdom. So I really like the direction that we're going in right now when it comes to that, because I think it's... um it's cool to dream big and be like, oh, wow, that's really awesome that we had Craig Rochelle or some of these folks on the podcast. But it's also really cool when you meet somebody like a Gary and Kathy Stump. Yeah. And you're like, holy cow, wow. that was amazing, you know, yeah. or or um, the herbs or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just like, what? Yeah. This is great. So Super cool. It's been cool to see Jesus just answer a lot of our podcast prayers. Yeah. I think it's just a reminder to me that God's answering prayers actively for this yes. ministry. That he keeps doing this, he's making this happen, and we're not striving after it mm-hmm. because um, now people are like sending us stories and sending us interviewees, yeah. whereas we used to have to go hunt for them, mm-hmm. and now we're it's like they're just coming, and we're like backlogged yeah. on all these I've things. I've checked the mail here at the office every day this week. It is only Tuesday right now as we record this, and I have pulled so many books out of the mailbox <laughs> of like people people's books that we will hopefully eventually record. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. Also, though, one of the people, and this is like the silent sleeper, I feel like. I don't know how many p- people have heard of her, but one of the people that when I was thinking about, man, I'd really love to have this person on the podcast who had a profound impact in my life as a, as a kid. Mm. I remember reading her story. I was a geek, nerd, loved to read. I remember reading her story and being so inspired by it, but it's Johnny Erickson Tata. <laughs> <laughs> she was a diver that became paralyzed. <laughs> Sorry, let know? me clarify why She's I'm laughing. laughing. <laughs> <laughs> because the story is is not funny. I'm laughing because the first time that Davey told me about her, <laughs> I was picturing in my head Eric Estrada, <laughs> which is totally different. Totally different. So totally you different. continue. Johnny Erickson Tata, on the other hand, <laughs> um, she was a diver. She dove into uh, a lake or something and ended up breaking her neck, paralyzed from yeah. the neck down. And she's an artist and she like draws with her mouth. And I was so like, cool. man, that would be so cool to hear from her on this podcast. It's like a childhood hero of mine, yeah. you know, because I read this book when I was a kid. And sure enough, we're getting connected to her and mm. we didn't ask we didn't, it was like somebody goes, hey, I want you to interview this this woman, Johnny Erickson. We're like, what? That's yeah. so cool. So Super hopefully cool. that's going to work out in 2019. I just love that God answers those kinds of big prayers. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. All right. A few more um, milestones from 2018. Davey, you released an ebook. Yeah, that was fun. It was a fun process. Yeah. Um, it was enjoyable. It was something that was on my heart for a long time. And I was like, mm-hmm. I just got to get this out. got to get this out. And yeah. so it was really cool to actually be able to do that. And I'm hoping that we can do a little bit more of that this year. Several of you guys responded that you'd like more of that stuff. I'm trying to work on one right now called How to Read the Bible. I just okay. feel like that's such a basic thing. Like, But the more I interact with people as a pastor, they don't read the Bible because they don't know how to. Yeah. It's like they want to, but it's like they don't necessarily know how to because it mm-hmm. can be a complicated thing. So um, I haven't really... Well, we, I've kind of started the process with it, but I haven't 
finished it by any means. I would love to be able to release something yeah. like that in 2009. And we'd like to release more resources for you like that that are right. just easily accessible. Yeah, that's great. We'll talk about those those dreams, yeah. 2019 dreams here in a little bit. But um, a couple more things um, that were on that 2018. Oh, you didn't say the title of the ebook. Thriving in Trial. Thriving in Trial. Yes, and you can find that on DaveyBlackburn.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. So right if there on that's the something page. that is news to you, you didn't know that Davey released an ebook. Yep. Um, Thriving in Trial is available on DaveyBlackburn.com. Perfect. Perfect. Do you want to share the we're last? We're forty-two two? episodes into this whole thing. We are. Which is nuts. We're almost. 42. We're almost at fifty-two. I know. So we release one every other week, and. We find ourselves at 42. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So, so that's a cool. big milestone. Yeah. Um, we've also had our listenership triple over the course of 2018. It's incredible. Um, so we're like still trying to gather all the numbers from a from a subscriber f- feed, the RSS feed. Uh, it looks like we were at the beginning of 2018, we were at about 17,000 hits on the feed of this podcast. And then by the end of it, we're north of 50,000. Yeah. Um, so that's really crazy. And so we're still trying to garner some numbers on like downloads and what all that looks like. But right. it's just really, really humbling to think that, you know, again, God is just growing this into what we feel like is a ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a podcast, it's a right. ministry. I think that leads us into the last thing before we hop into another section of Nueva Bos, but we just wanted to say thank you yeah, um, to absolutely. all of our listeners, to you guys, um, for just the way in which you have supported this mm-hmm. ministry um, through prayer and um, giving. Um, we are just so thankful for the ways in which you've shared the podcast, yeah. um, the ways in which you've encouraged us. Uh, the ways in which you've shared your stories. Um, It's been so incredible to see um, and get to know some of you listeners. um, I mean, hopefully some of you in person. I know I've met a few, but um, mostly just through the interwebs. Yeah. Um, So we're really thankful. um, I mean, you are the reason that we continue to record Mm -hmm. the times that we do. We know we went to that Passion Worship Nights the other night, a couple Mm -hmm. weekends ago. Yeah. And uh, had someone come up to me randomly. I was like, hey, Listen to your podcast. Thank you so much for mm. what you do. And that just that stuff just like means the the world to us. Yeah. That to know that we're sitting in a room with four of us are sitting here. <laughs> right. But we're actually able to talk to and minister to and provide hope and encouragement to thousands of you out there. Yeah. And so thank you. And thank you for sharing it. I love seeing on Instagram and on Twitter and all over those platforms that you guys are sharing it with people that are on on your sphere of influence mm-hmm. and helping people with that. It's just, it means the world to us. So yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you for um, being a part of this community and being a part of this mission to help people live, learn, and lead through pain. Yeah, man, we love you guys a lot. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> You're like gushing. You're oozing oh, right now. <laughs> oozing the good stuff. Love it. So, hey, let's hop into our last clip of Nuepabos. Mm. Um, this is our interview with Todd and Kathy Erb. What was some of the, you know, that that day and and then the weeks to follow? Uh, first of all, when did you find out for sure from authorities, okay, this is, you know, they're gone? And then what, what kind of uh, processing took place in those next couple of days and, and weeks to follow? I know, you know, you're obviously 
a man of really strong faith and were before this a very close relationship with the Lord. So how how did that play into your processing as you began to uh, wrestle with the reality of your life being completely turned upside down? Right. One thing I want to interject and go back Mm -hmm. to is um, that I feel is kind of an important point. And that was the the time that I was waiting at the door, as I had mentioned before, waiting for the first responders mm-hmm. to come after that first Westfield police officer came on the scene. So I was standing at the door for a period of time, uh, just just waiting. And as I was standing there, I remember um, very specifically feeling as if I was at a crossroads even that quickly mm. with um, what, I'm, what am I going to do with God? Wow. Where's God in this? And then what am I going to do with him? Mm-hmm. And the thoughts that occurred to me were, were there's two different options right then and there. I was either going to become uh, so angry and so bitter and run as far and fast away from God as I possibly mm. could because how could a God have loved if he loved me? How could he allow this to happen mm-hmm. to my family? Mm-hmm. Or I was going to come to the realization that the only option that I really have is to run as fast and as quick to him and have him embrace me and um, just experience his love. Just yeah. allow mm-hmm. me to experience his love. Yeah. And, and that was my only option. Yeah. I mean, as I was at that crossroads, that really was the reality of um, that. That was my only option. Again, that was our interview with Todd and Kathy Erb, episodes 17 and 18. So you can take a look at the podcast page for that, davyblackman.com slash podcast, and search for episodes 17 and 18. Yeah. Wonderful interview. Oh my gosh, that was an incredible so interview with them. good. Um, so we have some reviews that we want to read. We just love hearing your reviews. I guess reading them. We don't hear them. You, Unless you, you hear them you, when you I hear them because you read, read them. We read them to you, yes. but you read them on iTunes yes. or wherever. So you're we listening. love reading them. We love reading them. Listeners love hearing transcribing them. Transcribing them to you so you can hear them. <laughs> Why don't you read one of the reviews that we really have uh, been encouraged by? Yeah, totally. Um, this one says, "I'm just grateful for this podcast." Both of my parents went home to be with the Lord before I turned 30. Mm-hmm. My dad was murdered when I was 16, and my mom oh. died from stage four B cell lymphoma. I thought I had dealt with a lot of my grief, but this podcast has helped to continue to heal some areas that I thought I had dealt with and areas that I didn't realize still needed healing. So thank you very, very much. Wow. Ooh, mm. man. Um, whoever you are, uh, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. And thank you. Yeah. And I'm very proud of you. Yeah. Like what you've gone through, most people would have probably stuck their middle finger at God and ran away. Mm -hmm. And, and I believe that fruit is coming out of your life because, and you're going to help a lot of people because you have decided to lean into this. That's wow. Wow. That was profound. Um, Here's another one. This person wrote as a firefighter chaplain and the founder of a nonprofit that cares for families of fallen first responders. I've experienced firsthand trauma, loss and grief, both personally and professional professionally. Just in these last 18 months, I've walked through the devastation of Hurricane Harvey and the shooting at Santa Fe High School. 
Sometimes this work is emotionally and spiritually exhausting. Your podcast has given me spiritual nourishment as I listen to the stories of others that have gone through devastating loss. Thank you. I just want to hug that person. I know. Oh my gosh. For what the ministry that they're doing, right? Yeah. Physical ministry, tangible ministry, but as well, the spiritual, I mean, a firefighter and a chaplain. And what a cool thing, Em, that, you know, um, things like Hurricane Harvey or this, um, this, you know, uh, mass shooting that yeah. took place Santa Fe, Santa Fe High School. Like it, it is, we want to do something about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You hear about this stuff and you're like, what can we do? Oh my gosh. Right. How cool is it that like even what we're doing right here yeah. is helping in some indirect way the families who are yeah. a part of that. I love it. And I mean, the, that completely, all the credit goes to God for that. Yeah. But then if there's any credit left over, it goes to you guys as the listeners, Mm because you guys are listening to this, you're absorbing these interviews, this content, and then you're sharing it out of the overflow of what God's doing in your life. You're sharing it with other people, not necessarily sharing the podcast, you're sharing what God is doing in your life through the podcast, and you're ministering to people through that. And that's the point of all this, is not just that we're providing hope and healing, but you're providing hope and healing too. Yeah by what you're doing um, with what you're hearing in this. So yeah, for bah, sure. Well, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to each of you, even the ones we didn't read for just sharing and reviewing, um, really sharing your story and how this podcast has impacted you uh, helps us to celebrate yeah. at the end of the year, <laughs> everything that Jesus has done through this ministry. So uh, I know we said thank you before. Yeah. We're saying thank you right now. Can't we'll say continue it enough. to say thank you all the time. Um, <laughs> but there are some ways that you can continue to be involved with the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, even as we go into 2019. You. Um, these things have not changed. Um, but obviously prayer, guys, we love and appreciate prayer. Um, we are praying for you. So if mm-hmm. there are ways that we can c- continue to pray for you and your story, wherever you are right now, um, please reach out to us. If there's questions we can answer for you, if there are ways that we can serve you or get you connected to mm-hmm. a counselor or a church or any other resource, um, reach out to us. Hello at resonateindy.com. It's a really great way to be connected. Um, you guys can share the podcast. You can rate and review it. it helps us to get this podcast into more people's hands so that more people can experience hope hope and healing in their current situation. You can give at davyblackburn.com slash give. Um, There's so many ways that y'all can be involved. um, And we're so, so thankful um, for the ways in which you have already done that. Yeah. Um, You guys are so gracious in letting me have some of this time. I love, I love the vision stuff. (laughs) I love the like, Hey Davy, what's coming up next for the nothing is wasted podcast. And for this, you guys know. Should I ask you that question? Should I preface it? Oh, sorry. I was I was just going into it. Okay. No, you're fine. No, that's good. Let's um, do that. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Sorry, I was meaning for that to continue to be like banter. Oh, you were. Yeah, it's fine. No oh, worries. Sorry. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine. Sorry, I didn't realize because you seem so excited, and so I wanted to be like, should I ask you that question? That's what, what if we just keep to. this going? What if we just keep this recording? <laughs> we can. You want to? That'd be really funny. We should. Behind the scenes, nothing is wasted. Podcast. A little teaser. Because you're going to hear bloopers here pretty soon. It's true. Okay, so this is the real behind the scenes, like we, like he just said. Cool. Okay, <clears throat> question time. DV, what's coming up for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast in 2019? I don't know if I can gain my composure. This is this is awesome. Behind, I feel really this is awkward. the rawest and most real <sighs> podcast you've ever listened to in it your is. life. This is what really happens. Is Tommy is really just the genius happens. who splices everything together. The real genius behind all this It makes it sound Tommy. like we actually have our stuff together. No, so what I'm really excited about 
Um, and again, all these things, and you guys, my team knows this, I'll just like blubber with all this video. This is what I, like, God's doing this thing. I want to like, oh, let's dreams and blah, and let's try this. And, but, um, one of the things that was really been a burden on my heart is to ha- is to figure out how to not just connect you guys as the listeners to us and to the people we're interviewing right. and their story, but how do we connect you guys to each other? How do we develop a community out of this, an actual community where you can um, interact with people who maybe are in a similar situation um, than you? Like the, other listeners connecting yeah, to other exactly, listeners. Exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what our desire is. And so we're looking at, in 2019, really building out um, an online platform, nothingiswasted.com. Hello. Woo. That will like save a lot of streamline. It'll be really good. It'll be awesome to put point everybody to nothingiswasted.com um, because we do believe this is becoming more than just a podcast, it's becoming a ministry. We want yeah. to know how to help you guys in your next steps in your healing. Um, believe that content, coaching, and community, the convergence of those three things leads to transformation. Mm-hmm. We've been giving you a lot Say of content. That again. Content, coaching, and community. The, where those three circles intersect, that is where transformation happens. And so okay. we've been giving you a lot of content. So we've been thinking, how do we step into the, some of the next spaces of community mm-hmm. as well as coaching? And, um, and so fresh, kind of fresh off the press, it's not even really developed out yet, but something that we're dreaming about is, is connecting you guys in community via an online platform. And so that would mean like, for instance, let me give you kind of an example. Let's say we have someone in our church who lost a, a teenage son uh, from a drug overdose. Mm -hmm. Um, I've wanted so badly to get him connected with other people who have had that same exact loss. Yeah. But you come to our church, you're you're probably not, and really any church, you're probably not going to find somebody within your own church Mm -hmm. that has experienced the same kind of grief or trial or adversity that you have. Right. And you're probably still going to be hard pressed to find somebody in your city that has experienced that, let alone a support group of people who have experienced that similar thing. Right. But what if we could provide a platform online Mm. to help you get connected to other people who are experiencing the same kind of trial? So whatever that is, like whether you're going through a divorce, whether you've just lost a spouse, Mm -hmm. whether you've lost a a kid, whether you have, maybe you're this, you know, listener that we talked about earlier that had the question about the defiant 16-year-old kid. Yeah. But so we're looking at and dreaming about building out this platform where you guys can, can get connected with each other. I love it. And we want to continue to produce more and more content for you guys. We want to help figure out a way to get you guys connected with some counseling. Um, I know we talked a long time ago about a Nothing is Wasted retreat. That is still percolating. Don't worry. We have not <laughs> abandoned that idea. Thing. We had so many of you guys who were like, man, we would love to do that. It just wasn't the right timing for us to do it yeah. in 2018. But it could perhaps be the right time for us to do it in 2019. We're not sure yet, but we're right. still dreaming about that kind of stuff. Um, at the end of the day, we're trying to figure out how do we put content, community, and coaching and counseling in in, in your hands so that mm-hmm. you can experience true transformation. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just really excited about what God is doing, trying to take it a step at a time, not get ahead of Him, but also not lag behind what He's doing. Right. And so um, you guys keep praying for us, keep staying involved, keep you know listening, and we'll keep you totally up to speed on everything that's unfolding as we get into 2019. Yeah, for sure. Well, Woo! happy new year. The wipe of bows. Happy yeah. new year. Man, I can't believe 2018 is coming to a close, but I believe that 2019 is just going to rock our socks Oh, off. man. I'm pumped. I'm yeah. so excited. You know what we have as the listeners are logging off here? <laughs> I'm so nervous about this only because at We've the time that we're this. recording, we haven't heard this yet. And we also haven't heard it. I'm preemptively embarrassed. So I'm listening, <laughs> just like you're listening to this in your car right now, I also have listened, I'm listening to this in my car probably going, 
Uh-oh. We are we are going to let you listen out on this with a bunch with just a bunch of bloopers oh. from 2018. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. You can listen as long as you want. I know this is a longer episode, but man, it's just really been fun to, yeah. to do this this past year. So we thought we'd let you in on a little bit of a behind the, the inside scenes. scoop. Yes, behind the scenes. Finish um, off Nuevos with some <laughs> awkward, funny bloopers things. Nuevos ba. Noepabosba. The bloopers at the end of all of that I love stuff it. in that acronym. Yep. Noepabosba. We'll have to remember that for next year. 2019 <laughs> Noepabos. So we'll have some Noepabosba. You guys listen as we log off to Noepabosba. But also, we'll see you in January. <laughs> we'll see you next year. Love you guys. Man, I'm I'm so glad that we interviewed them. Yeah. That was such a good... Uh, mm, I don't like it. Sorry. Man, that was a good interview. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you should start. Man. You start, <laughs> All right. Here we go. And we love you guys. Our Nothing is Wasted community. Until next time, we'll... Uh, We'll sign off. <laughs> Don't you love that we can edit? Yes. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. I get in my uh, head yeah. so bad. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. You can s- download or stream his music wherever it's downloaded. Or streamable. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Wow. That was incredible. Yeah, it was. It was like sorry. catching up with an old friend. I need friend. to do that again. Okay. I'm sorry. You're like, <laughs> I was like trying to think of something to say and then you said it and then I didn't know. I know. I was looking over like, am I it supposed to fine. say it? No. I mean, you can. Wow. That was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was like. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting warm. That was incredible. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> That was so intense. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Come on, Hannah. Let's go. Yes, it was. <laughs> so wear your party pants and your party hat and listen in. What do your party pants look like? <laughs> Are they not um, normal pants? No. I'm, I'm, I've, you've said this a lot. What a party <laughs> pants. I no, actually, oh. if I have a pair of party pants, <laughs> I should go buy some. And um, your but, party hat. Yes, and a party hat. <laughs> I don't need to describe that right. You know what a party hat is. Got and, it. And um, listen in. Hello, and welcome to the Nothing is Wasted podcast. I'm your host, Davey Blackburn. And joining me, my co-host, Emily Schiltz. Emily, how you doing? I'm so good. Yeah, you're yeah. always so good. And I I'm love always that. So always good. bright and bushy-tailed. Yes, without the tail. Without the tail. <laughs> No. I don't know no. why. <laughs> One time I remember saying um, on the announcement that, because I was just reading that we were having mashed pot because it was mashed potatoes, but they mashed shortened pot. it on the menu to mashed pot. And our principal came out and he was like, what did you do? I was like, it says it on the menu. We're having mashed pot today. <laughs> Burn one down. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>